Hey, I'm Alex Regal, uh, working on Ninja Funk right now, and this is 11 O'Clock Comics. I can tell that you've been to a convention recently. Right, You're that correct, was that friend. was hella enthusiastic. I thought it was good. Okay, good. All right, hey, you're, you're the maestro. If it sounds good to you, that's all I care about. Nice. It doesn't, doesn't matter how it sounds, it feels. Do we have to dock over it? I mean, save something for next time. All right. I think I would be devoured. Just saying. I'm pretty sure <laughs> out of the, the three of us, no, we, none of us would be able to do it. No, I wouldn't be. We're all they should make Welcome new listeners. Yes, hi. <laughs> hey everybody. What do you know? It's eleven o'clock comics, episode eight hundred and eighteen. We do love the palindrome episodes. And by we I mean me. And uh, I am Vince B. You are Vince B. The EOC does stand for comics, nothing else. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am Asmodeus, but you can call me Toby. Hi, Toby. You're not in as, those movies, Vince. You're not as modious. No, you are Jason Wood. Everybody in the house today on this a regular episode, but kind of special because we're going to give you a little bit of the New York Comic Con 22 recap. That's what mm-hmm. we do every year. We uh, are spirited away to the best city on the planet. And we uh, attend all the days of New York Comic Con, and we tell you about them. Not in great it's detail. City on the planet. It is the good. It st- is. We tell you the good stuff. And um, remember, for as detailed as we get during this episode, it is nothing compared to what our patrons heard. They were deluged with content. Over the course of the con, our drives to, our drives from, little bits here and there. Uh, David and I uh, have gotten into the habit of recording eh, around 45 minutes going to Jason's house on the first night and around the same amount of time coming home from Jason's on the final day. So if, if you like the show and aren't annoyed by the sound of our voices, then the Patreon is for you because you get a lot of stuff come con season and where is it patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe they bolster the entirety of the eoc family and we turn it around flip the script give it back to them while we try audio video images downloads polls you get to chime in on the book of the month but the best part, the very, very, very best part is the only social media on the planet that it hasn't been invaded by buttheads, and that's Slack. Because <laughs> we can slide the little thing across on the door and say, who is it? And they say, it's me. I'm a patron. We say, come on in, because we're having fun. And it's dedicated Slack channel all day, all night, seven days a week. We talk all the time. And it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So if you would like to check this out, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Join the family, yo. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Vince, name those movies. Asmodeus. Jeez. Um, oh, Asmodeus has not appeared in only one movie. Um, well, he's the main antagonist of the movies I'm talking about. 
I would guess, based on what you've been throwing up on the Slack, I would guess Hellraiser. Nah, nah. Isn't Paranormal he, Activity. Isn't he? Oh, Asmodeus is the big bad in Paranormal? Yeah, that's the demon in Paranormal Activity. Well, Asmodeus is pretty high on the demon scale. There you go. So uh, I like the Hidden Ones. The Hidden Ones is really good. I like the first one a little bit, and then it kind of falls off. But I like the Hidden Ones a lot because it adds a bunch of new wrinkles to the paranormal uh, mythology. Well, I watched Next of Kin this week, which is the new one. What? What's that on? Uh, it's on um, uh, Paramount uh, Hulu. Hulu. I think. So the the little boy grew up. No, it's not connected. It is connected in the sense that it's the same universe, but it's a different. It's a different. Uh, it, it's a, it's a. The premise is a young woman, like college age, uh, was given up for adoption. She finds out through one of those twenty three and Me that she was given up uh, from an Amish woman, and so she and oh boy, a couple friends go to Amish country to learn about her heritage and. Uh, Hijinks ensue. Yes, none of them return, save for one, probably. No, I, I think the movies are fun. They're they're an interesting uh, distraction at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got to watch that new Hellraiser. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you think. I mean, you know, I guess honestly, I haven't seen the the original since since I was really young and and. Yeah, I got a bone so, to pick with you, but uh-huh. you kind of disparaged the original in in your your post, kind of. I mean, at least you 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 maybe. Uh, inferred that the original wasn't all that great. The original Hellraiser. No, no. I said the I said the first one. I said the the Hellraiser wasn't exactly a plot driven film series, though. I mean, no. it, was, it was it was more of a let's shock you with sadomasochistic imagery, and and that's this 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 remake is like that too. But but I I, I felt like again because I, I maybe I'm an adult now, and and I I I felt like this the, the lack of plot really struck struck me this time i i don't i haven't watched the originals since i was a teenager probably so i i don't know if i rewatched any of those if i would feel the same no but uh you know i think i think one's a stone cold classic i know you love yourself some clive parker yeah i remember them being very frightening yeah well jesus wept right yeah that's a a great scene um uh you got to watch the uncut ones though Speaking of stuff I love, <laughs> I am drinking cherry limeade. Bubbles or no bubbles? Uh, these bubbles. Yeah, nice. Tiny, they're bubbles. tiny bubbles. There we go. <laughs> tiny, <laughs> right? I got to get my uke. Mm. What are you drinking? Double fisting. Got uh, Speaking of docking, yeah, I got uh, ice ice coffee. In, in the on the one side, and I got uh, I got Glacier Ice Gatorade Zero on the other side. Wow, Dap, are you, are you uh, our safe, safety net? What's going on? Yeah, to celebrate ah, there we go. Our times in New York City, uh, I am enjoying from a uh, New York distillery, Spirit Labs. This is the Bull's Head Bourbon. And uh, the little uh, drawing on the label is of the uh, the bull that Deadpool is riding on uh, the piece of art in Jason's office. 
Oh, that's cute. I mean, it's not the Deadpool bull, but it is the same. Right. It's, it's, it's Deadpool on Wall Street. Ah, it could be the same one if you deem it so. It's true. Oh, it is. It's the Wall Street bull. By the way, no longer hanging in my office because I don't have a New York office. Anymore. Well, I meant the home office, or at least it's at home, yes, but yes, yes. Right. Drawn by none other than Mr. Ryan Stegman. Yes. We'll get to him. Will we? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will. So let's let's break it down a little into tiny digestible chunks. New York Comic Con was this past weekend, and as usual, we were there. Uh, Jason, why don't you start with your recollections of the convention? Well, uh, I mean, high-level thoughts. Um, we went last year, and it was understandably very different than all prior New York Comic Cons. Um, we talked about it a year ago, but just with you know, COVID still being uh, not. It's not to say that COVID isn't a thing anymore, but. Uh, but there was still a lot more uh, reticence to nervousness to congregate in large groups. And um, even though it was tens of thousands of people last year, I think definitely from our vantage felt like a sparsely attended con, particularly artist alley. I agree. Um, yeah. So, so this year, you know, we had, we, we were kind of over it last year. We, we went to Emerald city and then we went to New York comic con hoping that those would be the cons that people would be, thrilled to get back out there and and live the comic geek life and we were just a little too early uh then i think heroes was certainly like that i mean heroes felt like a normal heroes which was great um and really felt like the best heroes as we as we as we said at the time because we had so many of our our friends uh, also attend um but uh, i would say that this new york comic-con felt like a, a like a standard new york comic-con and and was even more energetic in a lot of ways in the sense that um I would, um, I would objectively say that this was the best artist alley ever, and I mean ever, like as in ever assembled on on U.S. soil, uh, better than anything that uh, that any U.S. con has put together. It was. There are times when New York Comic Con, because it is so large, that there is a big chunk of artist alley that are not, not say people that aren't well known, but people that are trying to be known people that uh, maybe aren't even comic artists right they just kind of peddling comics adjacent art and, and wares and the like this year it was jam-packed with absolute banger a-list current and and legendary talent um you know we 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 spent a lot of time walking around chatting people up and uh, as we were assembling the list of people we talked to I was struck by the fact that there are at least, and I'm not being hyperbolic here, at least a hundred other people that were tabling or walking around the con floor that uh, we didn't speak to at all that I would have loved to have a chance to catch up with. Um, so it was it was remarkably well attended in terms of quality. So that that that's my that's my sort of high level takeaway from it. I agree. The uh... Artist Alley was bustling, and um, maybe that's one of the reasons why I didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Um, it's very distracting. There's a lot going on, uh, and it was populated by, as you said, a whole mess of artists. So, um, Dap, what do you think? 
I uh, I thought that um, visually, it 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 was an amazing show. Uh, as far as what I could, what I witnessed myself, um, there were some slight differences upstairs on the show floor, which which Vince and I'll get into. But Artist Alley absolutely looks slamming. I am so glad. And 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 from what from my perspective. Everything Jason said is absolutely true. Yes, he was, you know, knee deep into it, rubbing shoulders with everybody more than Vince and I were. But um Far more. But I was yeah. I was super impressed with the number of, of artists and and the the names that were there. Uh and, and yeah, I mean there were artists that we hadn't seen in a couple of years for obvious reasons, but I mean it was I was elated to see folks like Mahmoud again. Uh and and it just just didn't one, but it, it was it was fantastic to see. And yeah, there were times where Vince and I would be we would leave the show floor and we would maybe walk by the escalators and we could see through the windows the way the Javits is set up. We could look down and see um, how crowded later throughout the day on on Friday. Thursday was was probably the easiest day to navigate. Probably should have spent more time down there on that day, but. Um, but Saturday, just like it was upstairs, I mean, it was just, you could, there was a ton of people, a, a, a ton of attendees, not not just exhibitors and artists, but there were a ton of, of, of fans down in Artist Alley with everybody else. Um, it looked like, every, it looked like the artist, um, the artists made out pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I'm not taking, I didn't. Look to see how successful everybody was, but um, it, from my point of view, it looked it looked successful for Javits, looked successful for Reed, it looked successful for the artists, and uh, maybe not so much for the exhibitors on the dealer floor. And again, we'll get to that, but it was um, it it definitely felt like New York Comic Con was back. Yes, throngs of squirming people, lots of people in the artist alley, but it it, it was cool. To, to get a bird's eye view of the, the people we love doing what they do. And uh, as David said, the dealer's floor was slightly less crowded, but not by much. I mean, there was a lot of people in attendance. Um, it wasn't as bad as that one year. I don't, I can't recall exactly the year, but there was one year in the past where it took us an hour minimum to go from one side yeah. of the Javits, you know, like it was a yeah, lot sure. of people, yeah, but was. this, it was not that concentrated, but attendance was very, very robust. Jason, did you get any numbers? N- no, I mean, I can look them up, but I, I, I've not seen. I mean, attendance. ultimately, why would we care? But I mean, in terms of comparing it to other years, it would be neat to see, you know, if this, really was uh, and i'm guessing that it was because based on what you said last year it wasn't uh that concentrated as it was this year so bad a couple of people didn't um didn't attend or maybe they did attend last year especially when you have last year's the aisles were uh, i don't know if they were wider but obviously they felt wider since there were fewer people but um there were some people who actually had problems walking through the aisles and moving to accommodate other congoers so this way they could uh, kind of just hold their ground. And that's super inside joke. It, 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 there were a couple of moments over the weekend where people just um, 
I guess, tried to play the alpha male and exert some dominance, but that has nothing to do with yeah. itself. Well, it was there, just... <laughs> there was a bunch of people, well, not a bunch, two, that that challenged Dap on the sidewalk. And it was weird because after the first time it happened, a just guy just walked right up to Dap and refused to move. And that was in the con. But then outside of the con, another guy did it and actually said something. Oh, you want to push? Want, like, you want to bump to me? Bump. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand it. Like, I don't see it. I don't understand how that's dominance. I, I could see if he lingered and and got in your face about it, but he said something and kept walking. Like, right. that's cowardly to me. If if you're going to accost someone, do it. Get up on them. But if you're going to drop a bomb and then just, you know, walk away, what is that? That's not dominance. But anyway, uh, Dap mentioned lines. And... The one takeaway from Artist Alley, the thing that stood out to me by far the most from anything I witnessed, was Ryan Brown's line. Yeah. It was a colossal line. Like, um, Peach Momoko had a decent-sized line. Like, you know, the... the, the, Capullo and Snyder had a decent-sized line. Right, the big, uh, the major players... Um, and I'll get to that, had long lines. But uh, I, you, we usually saunter over to, to Ryan Brownie's table and we talk and we you know, cut it up and have a good time. And he, he devotes a lot of time to us when, when we stop by we, because we're friends and we like to you know, mix it up. There was no chance of that. The line was bazonkers. It was all the way down the aisle and then the next aisle. Like, it was crazy. And I, I just like that is amazing to see because, as we've said, um, Ryan has been a pretty persistent um, uh, voice on our show and in our lives and as friends, and we've known him for a, a good stretch. And he's been slugging it out, and to see him knock one over the, you know, the fence, he loves baseball, so I said that for him, um, is a wonderful thing to see. It really is. Um, eight billion genies, I guess, is a hit, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and it, but it's so gratifying to see a guy who actually deserves the accolades because I think he's a phenomenal artist. Person, not so much, but yeah, and, you know. And I guess, listen, as much as we may, the three of us collectively may poo-poo um, variant covers. Obviously, for us, content is king. We'd rather just read the story. I don't care what the cover looks like. I want what's inside, but. This weekend was absolutely a testament to the fact that variants do work. Yeah, yeah. Love or hate them, no matter what you feel about them, they serve a purpose. And in in some of our friends' cases, it it, it serves an amazing purpose. But yeah, I I can't. It doesn't matter how I feel about them. If 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 the people want them, if if they are available, then you want them. More power to you. You're the creator drawing it. I'm happy for you, but wow, it was, I never would have thought that, I, I I know variants do well, but holy shit, I never figured that, you know, some of the variants we saw going around, I, yeah, it yeah. blew my mind. Well, one of the things I think we should come to terms with, and I have a long time ago, is like, I'm not representative of the comic industry, or the the buy, the buying uh, part, uh, the fan part of the comic industry, I'm I'm nothing, and and both of you are. The same. Well, I, I think that I mean I think one of the cool things about uh, for those that I'm sure a lot of our listeners have never gone to a con or at least never a major like a, a really big con and 
I think one of the cool things I, I get out of them is that it's a reminder of how broad fandom is because even, even like with us where we try and read lots of stuff and are fortunate to have a very, you know, large listenership and, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, a, a good community. Um, we, there's still an echo chamber effect, right? Like, like there's still, because it's, a, there, so you still kind of, you end up finding commonality with people that share your specific interests generally in terms of what, what kinds of things they like to collect or, or read or, or participate in. And so being at a giant con like New York or upper zoom San Diego or C2E2 certainly, um, you're reminded of, of, of just how many different ways people touch the fandom, whether it's cosplay whether it's taking pictures of cosplay you know we often talk about oh do you, you know, people say was oh do you guys dress up we don't dress up but but one thing I, I think that that i i don't give credit to is that for all the people that dress up and there are many it, it's a huge draw to a lot of other people to go see people that dress up right like we like i don't yeah. walk around taking photos i very rarely if ever have stopped someone that had a, even a really cool costume and said hey can i take your picture but that is a tremendous part of the experience for a lot of people i mean they 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 come home with a poster and a signature or two and 50 cool costume pictures and they're elated you know and then there's people that that collect uh that, that collect posters right they just live for posters and prints and there's people that uh that that of course love getting the art hustle like you know, like like me, and and then there's people that like to buy book or like Dap said, variant covers are massive. And really, I think um, the biggest thing these days, far and away, is is signatures. Uh, it is just massive business. It is it is a absolute off uh, economic juggernaut. And um, I'm I love it for two reasons. I love it because I'm not part of that hustle. Does nothing for me. So I'm never affected by it. I never get mad that I didn't get a signature. I never gripe about how much signatures cost because I'm not into it. Like there's like I have zero interest in, in signatures. So I can live vicariously through that and, and I could just watch it from afar. And two, I love it because it is putting obscene, ungodly amounts of money into people we love's pockets. Right. Like directly into their pockets, right? Like because again, nobody got into the comic business to get rich. I'm not saying there aren't people in the comic business that aren't rich, but I'm saying nobody got into it for that. And this is, you know, without getting into specifics, because it's not our business to share, this is, this current dynamic is creating life-changing money for a lot of creators um, yeah. that that wouldn't be making life-changing money on the sales of their books, just alone, right? It's 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 all the ancillary stuff that are now there for them and um and i don't know how people could be mad about it because it's not like they're they're pulling the rug out from under people or doing a switcheroo i mean people are walking up to them knowing that they're going to pay for a signature and they're doing it happily and they're waiting hours in line to do it so i don't see the harm in it like i just don't i do not see the harm in it if, if it's like it's a, it's a social contract everybody involved knows what the deal is before you get involved right it's not like you're being tricked into it and yeah. our, our we may we may roll our eyes whenever we know that that you know the comic sketch is going to have a whole section of artist alley roped off and it's okay great you know these guys are going to be there and and but obviously they're serving a market because that was one section of artist alley that you really couldn't navigate too well yeah, around because yeah, it was just right. packed with people like I'm not well, a fan I, of of CGC mm-hmm. books but yeah, right. a lot of people are yep. absolutely that's another yeah. perfect perfect example I I, I that is not 
not my kink, but but it is a huge. But I'm not going to front on people that are into it, you know. Um, and, and listen, if if people want to have gripes with the the um, you know the flippers and and the and the the hustlers or the more power to you. I'm not. There are definitely unscrupulous practices involved in any kind of of of, of business venture. But I, you know, while while I don't get any excitement out of it, I I I cannot in any way make fun of people that uh, live to have a slab book or live to get their favorite creator signing at a specific spot on a variant cover that then they go and get CGC'd if that's what makes them happy. And yeah, even if they're doing it to turn a buck, hey man, you know what? More power to you. Like it's More your hustle, it's yeah. your time, and uh, ultimately it all still is money flowing back into the creators and and you know it's not going to the publishers it's going to the creators and that's that's cool by the way to answer your question um official numbers aren't out yet but i see a few sites on the recaps estimated there were approximately two hundred thousand attendees um for context there was about 140,000 last year uh but in 2019 the pre pre-pandemic there were 260,000 people Okay. So roughly in between from a total attendance, um, last year's COVID low and, and uh, 2019's peak. Well, it's on the upswing. That's a good sign. Yeah, and that was that two hundred thousand was probably still there were probably some limitations, right, in terms of what space they could you know, there were probably still some some parameters that made it impossible to do the two sixty, I'm guessing. Um but yeah, for sure. Uh and you're right about Brown. I mean, I, I did have a chance on Saturdays, you know, to chat with, with Ryan and, and, and joked about him, but how it was like, it was the rare time when he had a moment to breathe uh, and, and chat it up, but it was awesome to see. And it's also, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to see that for all of our friends. Tom, Tom King has always had a massive line every, every, every time I walk by him. Uh, you know, people like Declan Shalvey had massive lines all weekend. Um, you know, you mentioned Peach Momoko, um, which is probably the the, um, well, not the most significant story for for our experience or our community's uh, memories of the show. It, it's probably the the most uh, talked about uh, facet of the show from a broader comics community perspective. For those that don't know, Peach Momoko is um, I, I think she's a I think she's a, a uh, a rising star in the sense that it was only a few years ago that 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 she wasn't very well known, uh, and then she started doing some Marvel, um, some uh, some covers, some variant covers for Marvel and DC, uh, and then just like a rocket, she's become one of the most sought after cover artists. Uh, we met well, I don't, I don't remember if you guys were with me, but I did have a chance to meet her uh, at C two E two a few years back, the last one we went to, um, and she had no line. You know, I I pre ordered a commission from her, went up to her line. Chatted with her for ten minutes, got my commission, and moved on. It wasn't she was in no demand. Well, uh, a lot has changed, and like Vince said, she had a massive line all weekend. But unfortunately, it like nearly broke her. Um, she basically left the show literally in tears, and uh, she posted a public apology on this on a social media uh, on Monday, uh, expressing how upset she was that she left in the way that she did and, and that, uh, that she felt like she let fans down and, and, and really that came down to like some pretty aggressive predatory behavior of people trying to take advantage of her kindness in doing signing unlimited signings and sketches for people in her line. Um, and, and basically like it was just, just the exhibit, the, the, uh, you know, the flippers and the, 
And the third parties were just going just going crazy trying to eat up her, literally like suck up every moment of her time in an effort to uh, to monetize her her art. And, uh, you know, there was a case of, I think. Um, I, well, I, I, I can't speak directly to to how her situation got so out of control versus some of the other artists there. I will say, you know, it, this is where having a rep these days helps a lot. You know, this is where having a. Felix, you know, or Paolo or, or Schachter uh, or the comic sketch art guys helps a lot because they control that shit. You know, they, they have handlers like they have they have effectively bouncers. They have people keeping everybody in line and, and, and being very explicit with how much time you have and what you can ask for and can't ask for and and moving the line along. And, and that really, I think, is important for artists today. Uh, because if they're left to their own devices and she just had her own table with 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 her own help, it can get really unruly. And so um, so hopefully that's that's a one off and, and she'll have people that are better prepared to to make her experience pleasurable because we don't want to see people like her just not want to do cons. You know, um, Fiona Staples of, of Saga fame um, very publicly swore off cons because of a similar situation. She just she couldn't handle the pressure and the predatory feeling she was getting from it so she she swore off cons five six years ago and 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 probably will never come back to a u.s con so we we, that's we don't want to see that you know we don't want to see artists feel like they can't attend cons because it's a bummer truth yeah you mentioned felix and that opens a a massive door into our thursday night which was Wow, it was amazing. And um, uh, well, Jason, you uh, you tell them why we were there. Well, um, I mean, well, I, I mean, I like to think we were there because uh, you know, friends with Felix. I mean, that's that's the right, but at its at its at its at its you know at its core. But but yes, I mean, so so Felix for a number of years. I guess what five or six, maybe I, I forget when the first one started, but but uh, but Felix has had a, a, a dinner um, at New York Comic Con, um, I think every time, but 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 certainly on a regular basis uh, with um, his his creator, you know, the creators that, that are he reps for that are at the show, and then uh, and then friends and collectors. Um, it started off as being sort of just a, a, a you know, a, a group dinner in that vein. But then it transitioned because Felix has a charity, the the, the Lou Family Foundation, um, which raises money for cancer research, specifically colon cancer research, uh, because uh, Felix's wife passed away from colon cancer uh, a number of years ago. And he's been very driven and passionate and, and very successful with his efforts there. No, no shock that when Felix put his mind to something, it's it's a it's a it's a massive success. Uh, and so the last few years he's geared the dinner toward, um, contributors to the, to the charity, you know, to, to, to friends of his that have given, um, you know, generously to the charity that he wants to say, thank you. He has this dinner. And, uh, and we were very, uh, as we always say, we, as we, we were very fortunate and honored to be part of that, that invitation. And, uh, and, uh, you know, each of these dinners is always special, uh, and and this one was no different. It was it was a fantastic experience. That's a bit of an undersell, isn't it? The, a bit well, based again, on... I, I mean, I don't want well, to get into the. I don't want to get too much. I mean, first of all, it's a private dinner, you know. So so I don't I don't know that. Second of all, I, I you know, we 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 gave 
every measure of detail of the dinner uh, to our patrons. And, and I, I think if people really want to hear all the nitty gritty, then, then they can they can hop on over to Patreon and, and check it out. You know, I mean, I, I, it's I true that I mean, you are true, but I'm just giddy. Uh, because uh, I, well, I'm just going to let fly. Even though it was in the pa- the 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 Patreon, I'm just going to say I got to sit across from Daniel Warren Johnson the entire dinner. So that's yes. that's it for me. I'm I'm and Ryan Stegman and and Sanford yeah, Sanford, Sanford Green. Green. <laughs> I, I, right, get, yeah. I get to sit next to uh, Ian Bertram. We talked about um, Little Bird, and uh, and it was a nice moment where uh, we could have sort of kind of came clean more or less about uh, the back matter in the first issue and the whole brouhaha over the collected edition because um, I can't let shit go and we had a uh, we had a great conversation about the upcoming book uh, which I'm not going to spill I'm not sure what's out there about it already but um, but we uh, basically moves were made so that uh, you will probably be hearing some people that uh, have you have not yet ever heard in all the years you've been doing this show over the uh, I think 2023 you will hear some new voices throughout the year yes um, fingers crossed yeah a couple I mean one one really that I'm super looking forward to uh, to kind of kick off the new year <laughs> imagine that uh, to uh, to kick off the new year, we, we should have someone fun on, and I have to get a new drink in honor of the occasion. But uh, um, me too. No, me too. Yeah, yes, yes, you do. Uh, no, the, the the dinner was great. It was it was. I mean, the fact that we were we were uh, able to attend is one thing, but uh, it, it's just the company. Also, was, has, has, has anyone let Tony Tony Fleece know that he's kicked out of the fourth chair? Have we? I think it's a given now. It really is. <sighs> Um, Every time we walked by the area that Tony would have been in because of My Little Pony po- folks, um, yeah, Vince just, I mean, he grumbled and he was kicking rocks. And he fucking was just, Tony. He was not in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. We had to get yeah. out of that aisle with the quickness. Yeah. Yes. I miss uh, yeah, Tony. And, and I, I didn't sit with David and Vince because they're mean and didn't save me a spot. So <laughs> I, I think you came uh, out of the deal better yeah, than Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure. Right? No, I won't I, say I, that. I yes, you I, got, I got over it real quick. I got to sit next to Stephen Green, and Andrew McLean, and Andrew's lovely wife, and Mike Huddleston, and Felix Liu, and Brian Cavon. How do your oh, pants fit? Because I back. swear you're still engorged over that experience. It was neat. It was very. It was of course great. it was neat. Here's what's great about it, and and no bullshit. Uh, it, it's great that. Um, you know, it, comics is a ridiculously flat, meaning not a lot of hierarchy, incestuous industry, right? Like it's it's we've talked about this a lot. It's it's one of the reasons that I think uh, it's it's fun and obsessive is that uh, there isn't a lot of line really. Like there's not a lot of artifice between people that make the comics, the people that publish the comics, the people that own the companies that make the comics, and the fans, right? Like it's it's all pretty intertwined. I mean, on a lot of levels, and yes, there there are some some strata or what have you, but. But but in, even within that, though, there are people that because maybe you don't know personally or because their work means a lot to you, you end up sort of fanboying out, you know, a bit like you 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 have you have even, you know, you, you definitely like think of them in more like you would a traditional celebrity than you do, uh, you know, just a, just a creator. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty chill and 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 uh, and fortunate to know a lot of of great creators that like personally so it doesn't 
you know, I rarely, if ever, feel starstruck. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I, there was definitely a moment when uh, BKV sat down uh, that I, I, I felt a little starstruck. But I think I, I think I kept my cool. I think I kept my cool. So. Yeah, I think yeah, he, did, he did wonderfully. But, I mean, it, it, again, just to reiterate what Jason said, far, far more detail about the dinner and other aspects of that night on the Patreon. But uh, yeah, let, and I'm, I'm baffled, like like watching people post their uh, post NYCC memories on the socials. Just how many people were there that uh, that we, we we I just didn't we didn't see, you know, like like it's you know, like uh, you know, like the Geek Speak crew was there. Didn't see any of them, uh, you know, like you know, uh, like just a ton of people were were like walking through artist al- you know artist alley the whole time, and I just never ran into them. So uh, shows you how crowded it was. I would have loved to see Pat Loika. Yeah, we, I think before, we said so we talked about that before we went on the air. But yeah, Pat Loika was there, and it's his last show. Wishing him. By the way, Pat, I, I don't know if you, I'm not sure if you're a regular listener anymore, but if you are, uh, and this makes it way. I mean, we all wish you well in your upcoming, uh, you know, medical procedure. Truth. Uh, you know, yep. it's, it's been a long time coming, and we're rooting for you. So this is his last trip before that. So I hope I hope it goes well. Me too. Um, yeah. And I do have a li- we did compile a list of people that we chatted with. Um, and, and again, we, we let me preface before I read the names that, uh, you know, I think we did try really hard this week to make sure we didn't forget anybody. But inevitably, I'm sure we're going to forget people because uh, it just happens, you know. So so if we don't if, if you talked with us and you didn't hear your name, uh, you don't hear your name. Don't, you know, apologies. It was not intentional. Um, so, uh, should I, should I jump in? Go ahead. Me to read him? Okay. Okay. Um, Aaron Campbell, Adriana Mello, Alex Regal. First time meeting Regal after all these years. Did you ever get the chance? Did, you didn't get to meet him, did you, Dad? Did you, did you talk to him? Alex? Yeah. Yeah, we, the three of us oh, were there. Oh, we there? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay, cool. Um, cause I was at his table a lot, like, cause. Yes, you were. I kept hitting up with the jams, but, um, Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Uh, Andrew Chrisman, Andrew McLean, uh, Andrew's lovely wife, uh, Andrew Rosenbarger, Andy Robbins, Anna Zuo, Bill O'Donnell, Brian K. Vaughn, Caitlin Yarsky, Casper Wingard, Chad Burdett, Cliff, not Chris, Cumber, Corey Green, <laughs> Creasley, Dan Panosian, Dan T., who was awesome, by the way. Dan yes. T., another slacker, shout yep. out. Uh, Tank Reddy, but Dan T goes by Dan T. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, Danielle Otroxy, uh, Danilo Baruth, Dave, call me Reverend Johnson, uh, David Baldion, David Messina, Declan Shalvey, Doug Resnick. Now, Doug Resnick, um, I didn't tell you guys this. I, it just it, it occurred to me because he, he actually pinged me to, to say how much he enjoyed uh, meeting me briefly, um, finally. So, so Doug Resnick, um, I was going up to. Uh, Wes Craig at the, at the cadence table and there was a massive placard, like, like a, almost like a billboard size thing going on. So this guy, Doug Resnick builds these gigantic jam pieces that are like four ups. They're like, they're like four, maybe even six Bristol boards large. And he has this whole contraption that like it folds in and he's got like a dolly so he can carry it. And in uh, this jam, he had it was all ju- it was all DC characters, and he had West West was completing one of the jam scores. It's a hundred and twenty 
characters on this jam. And he was about two thirds of the way through. And he, he showed me a picture. Uh, he complete, this was his second one. He had completed 120 character jam, uh, right before the pandemic. So this guy, like I was like jam, jam piece to the nth degree. It was, it was absolutely bananas. Um, that's gotta be extremely intimidating for the artists towards the end of the chain. Right. Like, what yeah, if you no fuck kidding. that up? What if you you spill? <laughs> like, wow. I know. I the know. last dude is going to be paralyzed with fear. Yeah, absolutely nuts for sure. Um, okay, so Eduardo Risso, uh, Emiliano Erdinola, Enid Balam, Arangadi, Felix Liu, of course, Francesco Mana, Frankie De Jesus, aka Dildonator, Gavin Guidry, Herman Peralta. Uh, Gil Cologne, who had an awesome dinner with, uh, Ian Bertram, Jason Hurley, Jason Schachter, Jenna Lynn Wright, Jeremy Hahn, Jim Mafood, Julian Lytle, Justin Greenwood, Justin Mason, Carl Sleminski, Lambert Shang, Leila Leiz, Luca Pizzari, Lynn Yoshi, Mahmoud Asrar, Mark Laming, Marco Rudy, Mark Hay, Mark Morales, Matt Todd, Matteo Scalera, Max Fiumara, Michele Bandini, Miguel Mendoca, Mike Huddleston, Neil Bevins, shout out to the Slack, Nick Dragata, Nico Rizzo, Paolo Belfiore, Paul Pope, uh, Paul Pope's girlfriend Neha. I'm so, I don't have her. I don't know her. Do you guys know her last name? I don't know her last name. Sorry, I, I wrote Neha. Um, Peach Momoko. Rochelle Rosenberg, uh, Raf Sands, uh, also we had dinner with Gil and Raf, it was awesome. Uh, Russ Braun, Ryan Brown, Ryan Steggy Stegman, Sanford Green, Sean Crystal, Stephen Green, Steve McNiven, Tana Ford, Tom King, Tony Esmond, shout out Tony, Tony Moy, Trad Moore, Tula Lote, Arthur Deladera, Wes Craig, Yams, Duria, and Yo, Corey. Well, I can add Dennis Kitchen to that list. Yeah, oh, Dennis Kitchen. And, there you go. And I don't, I don't, I don't remember hearing Danny. Danny Strips on there? No, you're good call. Good call. Nice. Uh, it's uh, Neha Sharma. There we go, Neha Sharma. So, if you're wondering, if you're sitting in your little easy chair, driving in your car, doing your exercises, and you're wondering, hmm, is New York Comic Con really worth it? I think that list should squelch any kind of doubt you would have or questions about going to New York Comic Con. 100%. That is, and, that and, is a massive like, list. Well, and like I said, I mean, this is only a list of people that at least one of us actually had a conversation with. Right. Art Adams like, was there. You didn't talk to him. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there, there are another hundred people that I would have happily had a chance to say hello to, chat, you know, get art from. It just, just didn't have enough time or didn't have the opportunity. So... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is, I, I just totally focused on people we actually caught back up with. Because, like, Mark Morales was there, you know. Peter uh, David. John Shaw, Ben Harvey. Like, these are all people that I would regularly and routinely uh, chat with at, at any any show and just didn't have didn't, didn't have a chance this time. Yeah. Um, before we seg into something new, uh, Dap and I need to just touch base on the dealer's room just a little bit. Definitely, because uh, yeah. that is definitely different. That is changing probably for the worse from your perspective, right? Like, as well, much as Ars Dally is as good as it's ever been, I think the, 
the top floor isn't what it used to be. Right? I think changing is the key word here because mm-hmm. they shuffled all of the, well, to my perceptions, they shuffled a lot of booths around. So if if a booth was in a certain area year after year, this year it seems like they weren't in that area anymore. They were yeah. moved to somewhere else. And it was just, when Dap and I got hit the floor Thursday, we just looked at each other like, what is happening? There's things, it's like, what universe are we in? Stuff is just all different. But it was a big deal. You know, you you you, you accommodate, you, you meet the challenge. And uh, but to what Jason was alluding, this year there wasn't as many actual comic book dealers as I would have liked. There was a sizable amount, but if it's in a Javits, everything's a sizable amount, right? But compared to previous years, yes, they had wall books and you know upscale. Um, art pages and and cgc books but the the guys that are usually there with the massive amounts of single issues i don't think there was as many as uh, even last year and last year was a down year so it seems like the actual um yeah and you had your guys there with you know racks and racks of hardcovers and trade paperbacks for minimal discount but to if you were looking to complete a run uh usually typically uh new york would give you about a 60 to 65 percent chance of actually finding it heroes you're talking 80 85 right but um this year not so much i mean the the book was at um very much less than than previous years dap you agree 100%. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it was because um, typically, Vince and I will kind of like sharks. We're just circling, looking for blood. We we kind of do a pass through. If somebody does have something that that that's worth checking out, we'll stop. But for the most part, we kind of do a pass and then uh, circle back to where some of the um, deals maybe had and uh and really there was kind of only one place that did the usual guys who were there that sell like you know a whole set of uh like cable uh 50 issues of cable for like you know 275 bucks for no reason at all it's just those guys were there um but there was really only one place where we made any sort of scores uh that we we went there a couple more times throughout the weekend there was a guy who was selling dollar books and Vince needed to fill fill some gaps so i spent some time there too and and picked up a couple things that uh well that i've read before um but needed again but there yeah it just it's not a um it's it's nice to go around and and see what's there and there were some new um some new faces selling tchotchkes and things like that but uh yeah it's um it does not seem to be the uh, the buying con that uh, that it was years ago. Right, that's definitely heroes. That is heroes. That is uh, that was Baltimore. The the time I was there, I am not going back. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, and listen, I I get it. You know, th- this is a pop culture show. It's uh, th- th- there's a lot of media tie-ins. Um, there was 
There were a ton of cosplayers, some of them blocking the aisles right next to the sign that says, no gridlock, do not block the aisles, <laughs> uh, getting their photos taken. I hope that, hope that sign was in the photo. Well, that's but ironic, were, isn't it? It's a little bit. It's like, <laughs> it's like when I take Onyx around the corner and it says, don't let your dog go over here, and she goes right under the sign. But the um, it's it's just, yeah, it, it's, again, you could, and there's one guy, it's like, so, so the massive oversized hardcover of middle west it retails for 59.99 this dude had it for 50 bucks why why bother why bring it with you you're going home with it like i don't get why some people why why so many so many dealers bring things to the convention just to bring it back home with them that's can't be cost efficient and and to to that um there were a couple of people there was one dealer in particular who did have a um kind of uh I mean, I'd, I'd call the piece bait, but it was it was designed to basically make you stop at the table, maybe inquire about that piece, but by all means, take a look at what else they have to sell. And um, and again, I don't think it, it's a piece that Jason and Vince were asking about, and I'm sure that you know the guy, whenever the 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 owner of it finally got back to the booth, I'm sure he had no intention of selling it. Over the weekend, if there was a price to his liking, maybe he would have. But it, it absolutely was just there to to, to make you yeah, stop and ask about let's, it. Let's let's let them in on it. it. It was an unused Alpha Flight cover by John Byrne, and it, yeah, it, it was it, it was huge. It was, it, it puck. was eighteen by twenty four easily. Yeah, I would say it was Puck with his hands out, and the the team was standing in his hands. I, I believe well, you couldn't see all of it, but uh, so we had a, a little bet as to how much it would be. And Jason's like, oh, man, that's got to be at least six figures. I'm like, yeah, okay, um, exactly. And Jason's like, mm, like, I bet you it's like thirty, thirty-five thousand. 35000 And when we were talking to the dealer, uh, he didn't know how much it was because he didn't touch base with the, with the owner because he, he thought no one would ever want to buy it because it's much too expensive. And, and I said, well, is it more than, than 30 And the guy said, "Oh, much, much more than thirty. So it's a number much more than thirty thousand. But we didn't know, and we'll never know how much he wants for it. Not that we would buy it, but we're just curious. Like, what's that big John Byrne unused cover going for? And he didn't know. So to how Dap's awesome point, that it was just a bait. It was to get you to come over to the table sure. to look at his stuff. And there you go. I mean, it was effective because it brought us there, right? Yep." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So there you go. We, we just, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, uh, we inside the con building, we probably spent the least amount of time together that we ever have. This is true. Yes. Um, yeah, we definitely divided and conquered, I feel. Um, and it's, it's, it worked. To our benefit, and 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 I think to uh, to the creators' benefits, because Jason obviously did get to spend a lot of time in Artist Alley and talk to folks. Um, yeah, Vincent and I did get to talk to uh, Tom Ford for a while, and uh, I, I caught up with Mockboot very briefly. I we spoke with Mark Laming, but we um, who was situated right next to Ryan, but Ryan, even though I was standing there, um, didn't even have a chance to look up. He, he was just face down signing books i don't yeah, even so. know if, if if ryan exactly i don't even know if ryan was was doing commissions or i don't know if he had time to do commissions but it was i just, don't think he was breathing uh yeah so <laughs> um yeah it, it i i think um plus um 
you know, in order to get away from the throngs of folks, Vince and I uh, kind of hung out upstairs at the uh, press slash pro slash exhibitor lounge and uh, kind of kicked back for a little while just to kind of catch catch our breath, get our, get our bearings without being surrounded. Because there was no place to kind of sit down for a while, which is fine. I mean, there's a ton of people there. And and, um, and honestly, if, if uh, I wasn't, it wasn't so much that I was away from everybody, but I figured if... If somebody um, older than I am or needs a chair or a place to sit down um, more than I do, then by all means, take the seat that, that that's on the main floor and I'll go to find someplace else to sit. But it was um, it. it. You are think, a humanitarian. It's just think, <laughs> so disgusting. Just I just think, as Jason was saying, that, uh, yes, we don't. I mean, and yes, obviously, we also split up at Heroes and things like that. But, I mean, the very first day was absolutely one of my favorite moments because as soon as um, Vince and I waltzed right through, and, and shout out to whoever designed their, their security and, and detectors this year because um, Vince and I didn't have to have our bags checked once all weekend. I know Jason did because he had his bag and his time, portfolio. Yeah. Uh, so I get that, which you know, and 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 uh, well, you're, little you're, smile. You're skeevy the, looking. Of course they're gonna. <laughs> well, I also was amused by that because the one of the women who was checking Jason's bags also, you know, complimented him on his art store, on his artwork that 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 he did, and and we're in this portfolio. But the uh, Vince and I breezed through, and then we're waiting for Jason that Thursday morning, and uh, Vince is like, "All right, we're out." And, and it's like see ya and and jason just standing there like oh that's it if it's like yeah no we got the the deal stores right here and 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 jason went downstairs started stallion that was and we didn't see him for another couple hours after that yeah it so. it it's it's sad but um more evil. <laughs> it, i do think it's a necessary evil like more not no, more, you know what i i i think that years ago we might have like i looked at it like and i think you guys do i think it actually is 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 generally for the best in the sense that that way when I'm ping ponging all around the room and, and, and on that hustle, you know, you guys don't feel compelled to follow me around and, or, you know, I don't feel bad that you're following me around. And, and then subsequently I get almost no pleasure from the main floor at comms anymore. Right. Cause I, even and if I, there I, were tons of long boxes, I don't like to <laughs> dive. I don't like to look for cheap trades and stuff. It's just not my scene. So, so you know it's 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 uh you know it's like a we're like a happy old married couple. I think I, sometimes yeah. you go to your own separate corners and 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 do your own thing, and it's all we good. we had um enough time together after the con. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, that oh, made yeah. It totally the mornings on the way back, long meals and cocktails, and and, yep. and the, obviously the drive wasn't so. always short. Yeah. Um, but I think I I also think too, going at it from that scenario, it's um we're kind of scouting out the areas because with Jason downstairs, he knows exactly where everybody is. By the time Vince and I are downstairs, when Jason knows who we have to press the flesh with, he can take us exactly to where those people are. We're not looking around going, right. they ILG. Right. They, and with Jason, I mean, not that he needs them now, but back in the day when his boys were getting Legos, you know, we knew exactly where all the brick dudes were. So we could just, we, we could just point right there and go, okay, this is where you need to be without having to traipse through the entire show floor so it, it it's, it's a good way to look it, at it yeah it works it, out in a million it, it validates our yes. uh, consumerism yes. yes yes so there you All go right. Mary, the definitive 
uh, and, and and far less uh, truncated than I expected uh, <laughs> wrap up of New York right. Comic Con. Right. Well, if you want to hear three more hours on New York yeah. Comic Con, become a patron. <laughs> that's that's all we can say. So, um, I I hinted going into the episode that we had something new for you and we do i don't lie this is a new Mm -hmm. exercise that um i originally decided on and the guys agreed on calling it single issue shuffle Mm. but i think the issue is both redundant and cumbersome so let's just call it the single shuffle fair sure and the uh, the goal of this little exercise is to read a single issue from any run, whether miniseries, extended series, one shot. One of us will pick a single issue and the other two have to read it. And then we will converse. Uh, and I made a spreadsheet. Yes, you did. I had to because I want to keep doing this because I think it's fun. Um, and and Dap said, "Well, any issue." And I, well, yeah, it'll be cool if we pick issue one hundred and thirty-six because you're coming into it blind. And I think some fun is trying to pick up on the details. Like I love going into a series that has been established. I I love to try and put the pieces together, as we all had to do back in the day when there wasn't digital stuff and trade paperbacks and hardcovers and all that stuff. So uh, I'm going to keep a tally. The yays and the nays. Mm. Yes. And after after a stretch, we'll revisit it. I think it'll be fun to see who is willing to experience things uh, fresh and without a net and who's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about that? I know who that's directed at. Well, I'm just saying, my friend. And for our first single issue shuffle, well, yeah, single shuffle, we are going to talk about a book that came out uh, just this week. Mm -hmm. It was written by Mark Wade, illustrated by the amazing Mahmoud Asrar, with Jordi Belair on color. And it is Batman versus Robin number two, as chosen by Jason Wood. Mm-hmm. Dap, Dap did discuss the first issue. He did. Yes. He did. And I got to be honest, when you chose this, if Mahmoud's name wasn't on it, I'd be like, oh boy, you got to read Batman. But as I said on the Slack, this entire narrative was stacked high against me because <laughs> it it features characters that I have loved for decades, and it's not the title characters. So, uh, <laughs> sin- well, sin- I figured I figured because you kind of sprung this on us, and 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 you. To be fair, this although you, the way you just described it, it sounds like as we continue this, we'll be digging into the archives, which I like. Yes, but anything you, you, is fair game. But you pitched this this week on. You said let's let's all read something that comes out this Wednesday. Right. In, yeah. Well, I just want to be clear because, like, like it kind of sounds anticlimactic. Where you're like, oh, we could pick, you know, issue, you know, two seventeen. There's of, thousands you know, of books, to, and then yeah, we pick, yeah. uh, you know, a number two from this week. You specifically said for the first one, let's do a book 
that came out this week that we haven't read. So that that was because last. yeah, you said let's pick a book for Wednesday, and even Jason yeah. was like, this Wednesday, like that's two days from now, or last Wednesday. So, yeah, because right. we all need a ton of prep time to read a single issue. And you didn't want to, and you didn't want a, you didn't want a, um, a number one, understandably. No. And so right. So I, I mean, I, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, um, well, like. So I, I mean, we we picked, we picked a number two, and, and honestly, it was because I figured at a minimum there was no way we all weren't going to be uh, in full on adoration for the art because it is Mahmoud, right? And Jason said, "Well, I I haven't read number one yet. I guess I will." And I was like, "I'm not reading number one because that's the kind of it's the point of the the process is to not uh, be familiar with the issue that came issues that came before." And I think this was a very, very good choice, Jason. Well, thank you. I don't know I if was, he, you knew what well, I was, was... going to say. I, I read in, in, in the spirit of what you're trying to do here, I read number two, and then I went back and read number one. Very cool. Yeah. So since this was your choice, why don't you uh, take the ball? Sure. Well, well and, and, you know... I did now, even though I didn't read the first issue, I did know a little about it because Dap did discuss the first issue, so it wasn't wasn't completely flying blind to what we were getting into here. Uh, and not to mention, it's a miniseries titled Batman versus Robin, <laughs> with 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 Batman and Damien on the cover. So I, I you know, again, I, I you know, it wasn't like it wasn't completely like I have no idea as I opened the book what I'm getting into. Right. Um, but to be fair, there's not a whole lot of interaction between the two title characters in this book. Totally. Which is really interesting because I think the experience of reading the second issue first is very different than had you read the first issue, I think, um, which was a lot of Damien and bats. But anyway, uh, we open up in Atlantis, um, which uh, was a big plus for me. You know, I love the undersea stuff so that was cool um and i was familiar with some of the characters but not all of them um i don't know that i was familiar with jinx really yeah i mean i was gonna ask you guys like should i be like what I'm trying fearsome to five okay <laughs> <the>, like <laughs> Still you know good. those Teen Titans. Yeah. Oh, so so Jinx is a Teen Titans villain. Yeah. Okay. Created by Marv Wolpen. Okay. And you're teaching me. Did you know who Tanarak is? I did a little bit. I probably from like maybe a run that I read here. You know, but again, I don't have a ton of history. But I, he's but. he's a lesser evil, <laughs> pun intended, on mm-hmm. my list. He's a Lord of Chaos. That's how right, I right. I know him. Yeah, and I, I remember I him have, doing something mm-hmm. to Phantom Stranger. Yeah, he time. seems to be Phantom Stranger's right. big bad. Yeah, right. And and so and and they're hanging out in Atlantis, um, you know, uh, pulling trying to pull off some kind of shenanigans, and they uh, find a tomb, use their magics to blow it open, and inside the tomb is some. It's a gem, the mystical gem of Arion. A H R I, apostrophe A H N, and it's a portal to the dark world, and uh, and one thing that I don't think I noticed at first, but then, um, so I, I read this, then I read one, then I reread this. By the way, uh, it says as Naza promised, and I didn't really catch that one or the other at the, the first read through, but Naza, huh. uh, as we as we know, 
is is the, is, is the big bad of this series and and was i had just read about nasa in um in uh, world's finest world's finest right which right we talked about and, which, and is, which is what this also spins out of right and then i was like okay so this is spinning directly out of wade's world's finest basically yeah um now i wasn't clear when i read about nasa in world's finest that was was that a creation for that book or is nasa an existing dc villain I am. I, yeah, you 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 asked before, and I am almost positive. Um, it was um, created uh, for um, for World's Finest. Okay. Yeah. So they grab the gem and uh, and gaffle some Atlanteans. Use their magics to kill kill some Atlanteans. Uh, by, by, yeah, they gaffled them. Yeah, you're cute. You just gloss over Arian, Lord of Atlantis, as, yeah, the as most yeah, people I, did back in I the love, day. I know, I know, and I love the fact that 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 I I like that Wade was nice enough to go phonetic, but um, but that's the part that Jason focuses on. Whereas you know, in her quotes, Arian, I heard that I which and I appreciate Wade talking about the shrine because it's weird in my. I know how to pronounce the name, but because of how it's spelled for years, I just kind of put an A in the place of an O for Orion. But yes, obviously, it's just it's it's pronounced a little differently. Yeah, but, I think uh, Wade is pretty slick on yes. the fir- on the first two pages because he's like uh, Tanarak is like, huh? Name like Jinx? I would have thought you'd have some kind of luck powers. So <laughs> it, it's conversational. Yes. And yet it tells the reader exactly who that mm-hmm. character is. It's, it's and she, and then she turns it on him. She's like, oh, what does Tanarak mean? You know, it, it, it's a neat way to do it. And then it means alchemist, which is what he is. Yeah. It, it's and, really uh, slick. It really is. Oh, he's, no, he, he, he's, he's got a, he, he look out. He's, he's got a career in this thing. And but, it doesn't yeah. come off like, well, Captain Fortuitous. <laughs> it's, it's not Claremontian. Like, right. Uh, have you read anything that um, Arian has been in, Jason? Well, I was recently exposed to Arian in the last in the latest season of Young Justice. I figured, okay, all right. He he did. Uh, Busiek used him in um, his uh, Superman run that uh, Pacheco drew. Yep. But um, but before that, he had his own series in the eighties um, <laughs> that, he's, that he's, no one bought. Yeah. Right, right. It was a short-lived series, but um, no, he's 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 been around a, a good long while. You just eats, but as you'll see throughout, well, you obviously did, but the readers, anybody listening to this who hasn't read it yet, throughout this issue, uh, there are a few other things, a few other throwbacks um, that uh, readers like me were kind of just you know toes were kind of wiggling when uh, when I was reading because because Wade. Wade knows what he's doing. Wade likes well, he's an encyclopedia. To, he's a Wikipedia. Exactly. Lord. He likes to um, he likes to play around with with characters that uh, nobody's really thought about in uh, in ages. And, and that's um, probably why I'm not the best person to recap this issue because because that <laughs> that doesn't. I mean, no, no, no this is because, fun. No, yeah. but it's 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 part. It, it it fits in the concept because like like Vince wants to just drop us in, preferably on something that you know at least one of us is familiar with or has read before and and uh and see if somebody can kind of just 
pick it up from there or want to go back. And it, it's it's all part of Vince's checklist, which I'm sure he'll he'll ask questions about. I mean, we're we're well, let's see, we're what like we're one, uh, one, two, three, four. We're we're like five pages in before we even see uh, Damien, and and many many pages beyond that before we see Batman. Yep. in this issue, which is interesting. Yeah, so 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 uh, they they get the but they get the gem, make their escape, and they say Mother Soul awaits. Uh, and, and again, so for me, just like we used to do back in the day, like Vince said, when you pick up an issue off the stands, just jump in. No idea who Mother Soul is. Assumed it was another mystical DC character that already exists, and uh, obviously is their boss. But I, I just went with it. Like that. Don't you know? Don't need to know. Figure I'll find out more about her as we go. If I need if if. It's, the story calls for it. Uh, and then they, they go through the portal heading towards Mother Soul. And who is there waiting for them? Uh, but Zor and Clarion. Now, love Clarion. Uh, you know, was a huge fan of the uh, of the of the Morrison Seven Soldiers mini. Uh, Clarion was uh, prominently featured, like one of the main antagonists of the last Young Justice season. Um, so one of the chaos Lords of Chaos. And I didn't know Zor. Zor looks just like, uh, um, like, uh, like Zatara. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, like Zatanna's dad. But I guess it's not, right? It's a very, very old character. Extreme. But like a magic like, wielder in a in a tuxedo top hat looks exactly like Satan. Right, right. Like we're talking forties. This is an old yeah, character. Yeah, deep cut. Yeah. Um, so but, they so they're coming back with the gem, and then they're and then you've got uh, Zor and and Clarion who are holding Ragman's soul suit, uh, which they flash back up. and they peel that it is, off the guy. I agree. I so totally agree with Dap. That is super fucked up. Like Wade has made Clarion very very dark. Like okay, he is yeah. a witch boy, but there was at least. <sighs> A sparkle, a tiny sparkle in Seven Soldiers where he wasn't a complete asshat, but in this, he is just a total D-bag. Like, Mm -hmm. they they rip, they tear Roy Regan's um, ragman suit from his body. He's on the ground. uh, And he's like, oh, man, that was the best ever. You know, that was the best one we ever did. And it's like, why you got to be like that? You're you're an asshat. I hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yep. did, and the way Mahmoud draws him, uh perfect. Just absolutely perfect. Well, where's Tikal? I don't know. Maybe probably kicking down the stairs. This little bastard. Maybe down. Tikal is is his, I mean, this is familiar. Tico is is his familiar. He, he yeah. really. I mean, he's vital to his. Well, you don't see below the waist unless maybe panels, so. Maybe he's just unless, walking around, or or that's part of. Um, that's why he's acting this way, maybe. Um, oh, maybe. Maybe yeah. Bezza fucked, yeah. fucked him up somehow. Poor Ragman, yeah. though. Jeez. Juice I know, poor Ragman. The Jews can't get a break. Yep. Nope. That's anti Semitism. So, so as we're gathering, they are they're gathering mystical artifacts for some reason that uh, that we're yet to know. And uh, and then there's uh, there's there's uh, the Queen Bee there, Mother Soul, and uh, looking all regal in her white raiments and she's like naza calls then as always surrender unto him your bounty so now we're learning that you've got all these 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 magic wielders who are uh going out collecting items of mystical importance and they answer to mother soul but she's the you know the uh the, the second in command and that naza is the is the boss boss and then you see uh 
who I, I think everyone would realize, but they don't they don't denote him by name. But you see Damien in a hood, in a in a black hooded cowl, um, standing in the corner, brooding um, that scene. And then we 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 turn the page, and you see Neza, the who uh, you know. I guess he he. I, I mean, this is probably not fair, but I is there a reason they didn't just use Trigon? That's what I was thinking. Because he does resemble Trigon yeah. without the eyes, but I would have made him a different color than red. Right. Um, right. He, he looks like a, like like a devil, right? Like, like yeah. I don't devil. know who I this know. character is. I mean, I think it's a Mark Wade creation. It, it was. It, it was. It, in it World's was Finest. created. Yeah. He was created by by Wade and Dan Mora in, in World's Finest. Yeah. He was the um, he was the big bad in that first arc. Supposed to be one uh, of the big, the, the most powerful magic wielders in DC history, because he's also like from like the the 16th century yeah. China. So, so he's the, he's got a history that he, they couldn't use Trigon for, because Trigon, of course, is related to Raven and that whole the, the, without the con- Titans connection. But but the whole their their areas Trigons and and Nezes don't necessarily overlap. You can't really interchange them. Yes, they do look similar, but they're not. Their magics, their abilities, their what they're trying to do are completely different. Yeah, I had to laugh. The, the universe is really strange because uh, whenever Devil Neza says his own name, <laughs> it it's the type is affected. It's it's larger than mm-hmm. the standard point size of the dialogue. It's mm-hmm. in red, um, outlined in black, and it's just it's very prominent in the word balloon. Something mm-hmm. else I read this week did the exact same thing. And I'm like, how does that happen? How, what are the chances of reading two books for the same day that the creative team took that approach to to single out a character's name? It's just like synchronicity. Like, why? Why did it happen? Mm-hmm. But anyway, keep going. And uh, he's standing there uh, looking all badass as they walk in the room and who is uh, on her knees in front of him uh Crying, whimpering, Black Alice, yes. which makes sense. Another magic wielder. Sure, uh, I know Black Alice well because I was a huge fan of uh, Secret Six. She was a member. Yeah. So, yeah. Helm of uh, Doctor Fate. She was in that uh, event. The narrative's wow. right there as well. There is the Helm of Doctor Fate. Yeah, right makes sense. Indeed. So, and, and they were having. She's crying because they're basically forcing, subjugating her into using her powers. Uh, conduit. She's the living conduit of Eldric Force, and she is um, she's basically transferring the powers of uh, of all of these magic items that they're yielding. And she's um, I, I'm not. I wasn't quite sure. Like, what is she doing exactly? Like, is she she's is leaching she... the power from the magic items and inserting it into the helmet. Oh, so it's all going into the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. She's very sense. reluctant to do so. Right. Oh, that makes sense then. Okay. So whoever's going to wield the helmet is going to be like super badass. Yeah. So so fate's out of the picture these days? I would assume, I right? I thought he was part of Justice League Dark, but maybe not. Well, they have the helmet of fate. Here. Oh, he doesn't actually have... no, there is there is a different yeah, there's there's a because well, World's Finest kind of skirts where it is in continuity, but this is obviously current because of, of, of Damien's presence, but um, Kent Nelson is no longer Dr. Fate, from what I believe. Oh, no. Okay. Well, yeah. 
the the new Doctor Fates running around on a hat. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And and Damien's watching it all, and he's feeling some kind of way. Uh, again, we don't know like why Damien Damien's with them, what his motivations are, but uh, he's talking to uh, Mother Solon's like is 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 the you know is the pain necessary? Is putting Black Alice through all of this torment necessary? And, and but Mother Solon's like, yeah, well. Got to do what you got to do, and then uh, and then she drops the bomb in the last word balloon. She says, uh, "Make your great grandmother proud." Yep. And uh, again, I don't know at this point. I don't know who Mother Soul is. <laughs> right. So it didn't feel. I was like, "Oh, okay." Mother Soul is Damien's great grandmother. Cool. Number one, she's clearly a magic user because she looks hot, and she's way too old and hot. <laughs> Number two, uh, I'm su- probably supposed to be uh, like. Aghast that Mother Soul is Damien's great grandmother, but I don't yet know why. But uh, it didn't. It didn't ring any bells. She's definitely not a Wayne. No, 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 no. I, of course, right. But but I'm saying like Mother Soul. Like for, as far as I knew, Mother Soul could be a brand new character though. And then obviously she's not because then what would be the the, the revealing that she's the great grandmother would be insignificant then, right? So I like, uh, I became aware of Mother Soul during the Shadow War event that crossed over. Batman, the Batman title, Robin's book, and um, Deathstroke Inc. Wow, which cool. this also kind oh, of cool. uh, spins out of. So I mean, yeah. So 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 Batman versus Robin is kind of uh, the fallout together of, a lot of, of two yeah. events. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, to, and to Wade's like, credit, you didn't have to read any of that. Yeah, make your great grandmother right. proud. Turn the page and concentrate on slaying the detective. Aha! Dun, dun, dun. Now we know Damien's there. Whatever reason to kill the bat, um, which makes sense given the name of the book. Uh, and uh, and then this page is pretty 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 freaky, pretty nifty, right? It's um, it's another throwback though. It's great. Yep. What do you what do you mean? It's a the the second panel actually happened in an episode in an issue of Justice League of America. Yep. Got it. Okay. It's on a cover too, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so will you want to explain that then? I mean, it's Felix oh, Faust. Yeah, but... Oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty much. I mean, everything. It, it's just exactly what, what what Batman explains. It's um, Felix was fucking around with the Justice League of America, and and he uh, manipulated our heroes, um, the League, and um, which is why he's wondering why the hell it's happening again. He's not causing this. He's not trying to do this. Uh, and it's of course it's you can you can see the older um, early Silver Age. Justice League members uh, mm-hmm. in their old outfits compared to what the, what they may look like today. You got Aquaman with the longer hair. Yeah. You got the newer Green Arrow. You got the John instead of Hal. So yeah, it's it's just someone is obviously with the collecting of all the magic users. Here's Felix Faust, and and of course, um, the way decides to use one of the more famous moments from Felix's career to uh, kind of remind the readers, and of course, really fuck with Felix because of uh, what happens throughout the rest of the page. Yeah, and to your point, as you turn the page, you've got Batman basically saying, you know, chill out, your power's under control, calm yourself, so forth, so on. And then uh, he does the little Wade trick, like you were saying, Vince, where he explains that this is Felix Faust. He's reliving an old attack. So he's basically telling you what we, what we just saw and giving you the historical context. Elegant. And then, though. yeah, and then, but then it's like, okay, hold on a second. Uh, I've got Batman giving Faust uh, a chokehold, explaining all this to him as he talks to. To, to Alfred. Yep. 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 My dude is dead. Alfred yeah. sure is. Not anymore. Well, <sighs> well, we'll see about that. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Alfred is, is 
as you know, again, I don't read all the DC. So I thought, wait a minute, when did when did Alfred come back to life? Because I read Nightwing and, and the whole premise of the Nightwing comic is that Alfred died and left uh, and it was a billionaire and left Dick uh, all the money. And Dick is trying to use the money for good. Um, so I'm like, huh. Well, which you know, you now know because you read the first issue. But as you're, right. um, yeah, through, it was uh, issue number 10 was the uh, was the Felix Faust versus Justice League fight. Oh, like way back. Yeah. Way, 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 way back. back. Like 1940s back. Pre, 1962. <laughs> 40s. Pre-Avengers anyway. <laughs> Early 62. Yeah. 62, same thing. Bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're so cute. You know, when Alfred's out there doing business, though, with, with Bruce, like, does he have to have the butler tux on? <laughs> sure. You got to know who he is. That's, but we know yeah, Alfred used Alfred. to be a badass. He was like MI6. Like, my man can't, like, throw on a little... A little flak jacket, maybe, maybe, an, maybe an ascot, you know, live it up. I don't know. He looks really out of, I mean, I mean, the bow tie really kind of just, uh, that, that's got to maybe be a little bit of a hint. Yeah. Well, I, what I pulled out of that sequence is that magic is going haywire. Yeah. And those right. that, those that wield it are having a hard time keeping the stuff under control. Um, right. And, 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 and as they're sitting there chatting this up, trying to figure what the hell is going on. The earth starts shaking, Krakum, and out comes what I'm sure had Vince absolutely turgid. He. Don't tell him, Vince. The house of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> because there are secrets to be had. And where there's secrets, there's also mysteries. And the house of mystery pops up, too. Oh, I, I, the, when Mahmoud drew Kane with his hands all bloody, like, oh, jeez, I almost lost it. I was real close to, to blowing a gasket. First we meet Abel. First yeah, meet well, of course. Abel. Yeah. Abel's and, uh, uh, not all, completely in control either. When right. have you ever seen Abel's eyes blaze like that? Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And so they go kind into of the House of Secrets. In the House of Secrets. Yeah. Well, they don't need heat. I guess not. Nah. And uh, uh, as they're walking stuff. through, they, they walk through a door and fall and uh, land into some kind of battle it's a flashback of uh, a version clearly a version of the titans um with damien at the helm so i assume one of the more recent uh arcs that i certainly didn't read but uh they're fighting uh, basically uh an amalgamation of the hulk and iron fist yes a giant green hulk looking creature with a a yellow mask that looks like iron fist kind of. yes referred to as the lazarus beast Yes. Which is fitting that he's green because the goop that gives Rachel Ghoul his uh, longevity is green as well. Right. And then we get a little Wade explanation there because they explain that this they're looking at a battle that took place on Lazarus Island as seen in Robin Volume 2, I Am Robin. Yep. And, uh, Bet you dap read was- that. I don't, uh, I don't remember talking no. about it. Oh, it's no. Dam- Damien. Why would he read it? Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So, but apparently it's a island that is built from the same stuff that uh, is part of the uh, the Lazarus pit. They call it Lazarus resin. And um, so, again, I, 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 I'm just kind of going with it here because I don't know why this flashback is significant. I certainly don't know why. Whether this beast is significant or not, I just it's I'm just gathering them, kind of going with it, assuming okay, well the, this is important or at least important from the perspective that it's tied into the Lazarus resin, 
And uh, I guess during the battle, they behead him. Yeah, they, kill they him. Him. Yeah, they, I didn't think the hero was killed, so it's, I don't know. Did that version of Titans kill? Why? Yeah, because you wouldn't know. You didn't realize. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, you got Ravager here. You've got. I, I don't necessarily. Um, I think. For, we got Lobos. That's Lobos' daughter, right? I don't think that's Crush. Doesn't look like Crush. Isn't that the, with the scythe? That the scythe and the chain? Isn't that? That's not. Yeah, it could be. I'm pretty sure Crush is a member a of that weird team, version, so. but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I well, of course, the version, the member of Titans. I don't. I think this is Damien's just Damien's version of a. Oh, it is. Titans. It is Crush. I'm looking at it now. It's Crush. Yeah. It is. It's. It's. I think the, maybe the coloring because they 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 show Crush's hair is white and this. Yes. But 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 it is Crush though. That that oh, okay. Crush, Crush has the chain with the sight. That's that's uh, her arm. Her her weapon of choice. Crush in your head. Yeah, cut off your head to spite your face. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and and mother mother souls like yo, it's fucked up. It's like Lazarus demon. Why would you do that? Fuck? Well, you be done doing your brats, she says. Hey yo. And uh, and she gets all religious on him. She says our our world needed a champion to burn away its disease, and then you ruined it. You done you done ruined it. Um, and. Uh, and then, you know, again, like, she's talking about it all, and then Damien's like, uh, her name is not Mother Soul, it's Rue Al Ghul, Soul of the Demon. She's Ra- she's Ra- 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 Al Ghul's mother. Yep. Which we kind of already knew, because she called him great-grandson, so. Yep. Which like, leads to one of the best panels in the book, Batman and Alfred, and they're totally speechless. And... Bats has his eyes all, he's all bugging out like, what? Grandma? Here's the thing, though. Okay, so so I get it. Like, I get that there. this is a big reveal. Wow, like, Mother Soul is Ra's al Ghul's mom. But is that, like, does that matter? Like, do we really care? Like, why is that insignificant? Like, Mother Soul's not, like, some huge villainess throughout DC lore that you're like, oh, these guys, they're connected? I never knew that. Like, it's, well, I, that's... like, she's a bit player at best, right? So the fact that... We knew Raish had a mother. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm like I'm not quite sure why this is that big a deal. Like Raish, Raish clearly in DC lore is exponentially more significant than his mother ever was. Well, it's so, you, you see Batman's reaction. Obviously, no, I, I know you're supposed to feel like it's a big deal because of the comics showing you that it's a big deal. But as I'm reading, I'm like. End. Like, why did? Okay. Like, what? What is the significance of it? Well, she's obviously got some kind of mojo because I'm guessing, based on the contents of this issue, that the fact that they killed the Lazarus beast and squashed her plans let open the door to her teaming up with this demon Nezra or whatever to instigate another champion to do exactly what she said the the Lazarus beast was supposed to do. So yeah, she's a big deal, I guess. If 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 she's teaming up with one of the most powerful characters in the DC universe, she's got to have something, right? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but I I'm, just felt like it was. The comic does a good job of letting you know it's supposed to be a big reveal, but I'm not sure it passes real muster in that. Like, if this is all about Wade digging in the crates and giving us cool stuff, like I don't know that there were too many people that would care or be like. Wowed by the fact that Mother Soul is now cool. I thought it was cool. No, cool, but like Alfred and Batman jaw on the floor, cool. 
I think so. Like he's Batman. He like he's half stepping if he didn't know that already. But I'm not to know sure. All shit. He's Maybe supposed sh- to know all the shit, man. I don't actually. You think you think he wouldn't know all about his son and his lady and his great nemesis is fat like he wouldn't know that by like i don't know man i think i think bruce needs to bruce needs to to, to stop uh social being a socialite and get back to being the detective then i don't know i think you're being a little hard on batman he can't <laughs> know everything but it's batman that it, that's he, he knows everything well let's just suspend our disbelief for a second and yeah. assume that mahmoud's chunky ass batman like he is wide it's great he is wide yeah, yeah. He's, Batman, yeah. he's got the old barrel chest uh kurt, kurt swan batman. it's the kurt swan batman but i like it too because it may it, it makes him stand out from all of his oh yeah yeah. yeah he's he's packed um so uh sorry for bothering you go ahead tell us more. no no and and so she uh she's all pissed because because the, the beast was part of her plan and then suddenly uh, a lot of the little little versions of the of the Lazarus Beast start crawling up Alfred and Bat's bodies and uh, trying to cons- you know consume them or cover them. And suddenly, out of nowhere, a door handle uh, presents itself from the yeah, ether yeah. or an ass and, plug. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and Bat's turns the doorknob, and where does he walk into, Vince? A house of mystery. Mm-hmm. And there's good old Kane. Total bastard that he is. All bloodied. Yeah, so great. But it doesn't stop there. There was a trio. Well, there was more than a trio, but the the horror host type DC anthologies of uh, the supernatural. House of Secrets with Kane. House of Mystery. I'm sorry. House of Secrets with Abel. House of Mystery with Kane. And The Witching Hour with what um were designed to be the fates and they pop up later in this book and uh Mahmoud just goes to town excellent excellent rendition of the uh the witches from the witching hour just beautiful but go ahead yeah uh so they're inside the house they're on they they see mother soul on stage holding the demon's head talking about my poor baby uh, you know, was supposed to be her champion, so forth, so on. And she gives us a little history on the Lazarus resin and its properties. It's it's refined from a Chinese, an ancient Chinese elixir of resurrection and immortality millennia ago. Um, so yeah, so this is again learning more about uh, the magical properties of of the Lazarus pit and the Rishab and the Al Ghul family. Um, and uh, you know, she says that uh, she's basically had to scramble, as you alluded to, Vince, for a new plan because of the demon being killed. And um, and just as she's explaining her plan, the a bunch of the goop, the green goop, uh, starts pouring out of the walls of the theater and uh, and, and drowning our two uh, heroes. And then they pop up in another part of the house uh, and come across the fates, like you said. Yep. Uh, which, uh, in traditional fashion, we've got the hot one, and the witch one, and the hag- and the haggard one. Yep. Is uh-huh. that how they look back? In, is that how they look in the witching hour? Exactly. Yeah, they're on. They're very on model, uh, to the extent that the hot one is going commando. She doesn't. <laughs> she's not. She's not having underwear on. 
How do you know that? You could tell. Look at the crease of her leg. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. nothing on top well, of it. Well, she could, yeah, it's fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and she mentions, of course, past approaching the witching hour. So very clever on Wade's part to to layer in the title. Yeah, my man. And then she transforms, bong, bong, bong. She transforms into Talia. Or does she? Well, right, but Mahmoud draws a very nice Talia. No surprise there. But Bats isn't having it. He's like, you're not Talia. You're Jason Wood. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> you suck. That was great. Stealth. You're stealthy. He's like, you're but not Talia. You don't smell like her. Yeah, he's like, you... But see, this is what I'm talking about. He says, Talia smells of jasmine and rose of tafe. You do not. So he knows it's not Talia. Dude knows that, but he doesn't know Mother Soul. Come on, dog. Cut him a break. Maybe, his, on, maybe his mind was wiped. Maybe he found... As she... Alfred said, the Waynes aren't the only ones who keep secrets. It's It, it makes sense that mm. the uncles will as well. And but Damien, they're... because he's, he's from both worlds, of course. He's, and Batman plus, he's not the happy at that. But it could be some kind of a mystical uh, thing that they imparted to the Batman. Like maybe build a sentient satellite to to spy on everybody. Dude, here's how it went out. I'm writing it right now. He found out somebody in the netherworld or dark world said, oh, fuck. And they zapped him and he forgot all about it. Just like, you know, one more day. A lot of people forgot. Doctor Strange can do it. The Marvel characters can do it or the DC characters can do it. So they just made him forget. He knew. You're right. But he forgot. End of story. Read. It's simple. Yes. Yes. Fair <laughs> enough. So, Bats and Alfred continue on their quest. Alfred's <laughs> like, yo, bruh, there's someone else here. And they look ahead, and it's Damien, and he's holding a, uh, a four-pointed, looks like kryptonite, probably something else, but but glowing green star. He is following up to some kind of giant tombed wall, like an ancient tomb star starts firing out energy it's it's clearly some kind of key to this mystic tomb he's like okay knock knock i suppose damien's clearly on this quest to open this tomb up and batman's like oh don't do it because he's it's coming to him tomb opens up and who's in there but but uh, Neza, yeah the devil and, Neza. and this then is we all get mindscape re- stuff too this is yeah, not we, happening concurrently right with- Right. We get and we get the recap then from Batman explaining that he and Superman defeated Neza barely and buried him in this tomb, and uh, that was all back in World Finest, which we we discussed and read and enjoyed um, when it came out. Uh, and now he is free, and uh, Batman does you know just explains who he is and so forth and so on. And uh, Neza grabs Damien. He's huge. Neza's huge, and he he, he takes his uh, his his hand and completely engulfs Damien's cabeza uh, and he says your know, family is the nexus of all hatred and essentially uh, you know turns Damien uh, evil uh, and and full of hate for his for his daddy so there you go that's the reason that's yeah. the reason why Damien's even more of an asshat than usual yes absolutely and uh, and then there's follow-on scenes of that with Damien looking yielding magic looking very you know, oversized treating some of the people like Cain and Abel like puppets and um, he says every story has an end the fire don't look at me you were the one who wanted the house ablaze so he's basically burning down the house of I, I think it was is it the secret to me I'm not sure I guess it's the mystery's house and uh, right is it the it's house of mysteries that he's burning down it, yeah it doesn't really matter um, I don't think but 
it could be, I would guess since the House of Mystery was the last house they were in, it would be the House of Mystery, but I, it's not going to be able to burn. So it's yeah. just, yeah. Well, I loved it because when he comes back to uh, to to the lair, Mother Soul says, you left him to perish. And he says, I left Batman in a burning mansion. That's like trying to catch a rhinoceros with a butterfly net. <laughs> so he, you know, he clearly wasn't, he, he knew he didn't kill his dad. Right. So, and then uh, she, Mother Soul made Damien a gift. And it's a, uh, it's a rather awkward looking Batman costume. <laughs> yes. I've seen it before, though. I swear I mean, I've seen it before. Wasn't that a costume from Morrison? It's similar to an Elseworlds thing, it looks like. Oh, could be. I was thinking Morrison's run. But I don't know. Okay. Like, it looks vague. It, there's something about it that's familiar to me. And I don't... It could be the bat over-the-shoulders type deal they got going on. I don't know. I, I like the costume. I don't like the next page, though. Yeah, so he says, he looks at the costume, he says, it's exquisite, does it come with accessories? And she said, absolutely, what is a Batman? And then you turn the page without Robins, and it's Red Hood, Tim, Dick, and, uh, is that Stephanie? Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that was the only page of this issue that I didn't like. I don't like the fact that they have to draw all the Robins into it. I think it's it's kind of hackneyed. Now, if they're constructs, magical constructs, cool. I think they are. Yeah, if they're the real deals, I'm calling foul. As, especially in Tim's case. No way in hell would he participate in something like this. So I'm hoping they're, yeah. mag- they're magical constructs. Right. Well, and then Batman is like, oh, man, like we, you know. This is this is big doings. Naze has probably got other magic wielders conscript, conscripted, and so they're trying to guess. They rattle off uh, a few other names. They rattle off uh, Phantom Stranger, uh, Cersei, Enchantress, Dead Man, uh, and uh, and Bat says, "But uh, he done fucked up because he made me mad by messing with my son. And that was his fatal error." Yes, uh, and he says, "I can't call in Superman because Naze can possess him too." So we're going to find Damien, we're going to save him, we're going to topple Neza and Mother Soul, and uh, Bat's like, thank you, old friend, and Alfred's trailing behind him says, I'm at your side, sir, of course, Master Bruce, that's what I'm here for, and the final page is uh, Alfred walking behind Batman, away from the burning house of secrets, and casting a shadow from the fire is a demon shadow, which... I was glad to see because Alfred is supposed to be dead, so clearly he's still dead. I am, I am pretty sure that Bruce is playing the fool when it comes to Alfred. He doesn't really think that Alfred is back. I think he's biding his time, waiting for Alfred to to slip up to see where things go. I don't. I I don't. Obviously, I don't know. Yet. Clearly, Bruce is half stepping these days. So I, oh, um, because boy. of other soul. Okay, the one one instance. Jeez. I mean, it's not infallible. He's got to he's got to learn things. That's how you grow. But okay. it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, thanks for shutting me down. That's uh, how you grow. I, I truly think that uh, that that yeah. I, I don't. I I think Bruce just playing the okie doke with 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 Alfred. Don't fall for the here, But so what'd you think? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. You know, for I, I mean, I I thought for a single issue. 
it really does jam pack a lot of Easter eggs into it. Uh, it's it's almost like a little mini tour of the of the mystic key mystic players of the DCU, which is neat. Um, it actually does make Naza seem a lot tougher to me than than I thought he came across in World's Finest. Like I, you know, I, I was I remember in Re- World's Finest saying, okay, like new villain, Superman, Batman beat him. Okay, moving on. So so I, I like that. Uh, they're making him out to be a little bit more of, of a thing than I felt like they made him out in that one. In that, that, that See, I, story, so. I, I, I mean, he, he took on, yeah, he took on Batman and Superman and Robin and Supergirl and the Doom Patrol and these Chinese ancient, where I, he, he wasn't really that much of a pushover in the world's finest arc. I guess it, it's just that when your book is called world's finest, I mean, one of my issues have always had well, they gotta issue. win of course. they're gonna win but, right so it's like yeah but it took five issues fair enough, fair enough. I want to see the old versus, days it would have been Hazard versus Trigon I want to see Battle of the Lyca <laughs> Battle of the Lyca books yeah yeah well I gave it a yay as well oh it's a definite yay yeah yeah sure. yeah so um, I if Mahmoud didn't participate I still would have enjoyed it Based mm-hmm. on the story, I think the story was one of those things where I was helpless, powerless to to resist um, mm-hmm. all of the the horror hosts. The uh, you know the thing with with um, Clarion, like it, it was just a really well paced, interesting issue. And I I'm, far be it from me, but I wanna I wanna read more of this. So I'm glad it's only what five issues, Dap. I think it's fine. Yeah. So I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yep. Yeah. So in the first issue, as Dap talked about, I mean, is is a lot of of Alfred showing up, Batman just putting him through all measure of tests because because Alfred's dead, and uh, and basically, I mean, at least we're to believe that that he convinces him that it really isn't him, and uh, and then in in the midst of it, uh, Damien is in the Batcave with a couple of uh, like Jakeem Thunder and. Um, uh, what's the other kid's name? Oh, uh, uh, from um, Books of Magic. Uh, what the hell's his name, Vince? Um, Tim. Tim. Tim Hunter. Yeah, Tim Hunter, right. So he's got them. And at the time, I'm like, well, that, those are random people for Damien to have. But now it makes more sense in the second, because like, it's like, oh, okay, more more magic wielders. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's so a cool it, little it, story. It, yeah, no, it's it's definitely cool. I mean, now, now, my question is, is Batman versus Robin number one the first reappearance of Alfred? Yeah. I believe so. Oh, yeah. Neat. No, that that that's why I'm like, well, wait. But and, and again, I I think we know from this issue, he, it's not Alfred. Alfred is dead. Not so. We'll see. Which is good. No, <laughs> no they can't bring off of it. Like it, he's his. It's been. It would be disappointing. It's too soon, and he is his death is integral to a lot of the bat books right now. Okay. So, but I'm well. Maybe in separating the demon from the the corporeal form, something within the demons existence within his body revives whatever you know the biology and lets him mm. come back it's magic you could do anything you want well, you never know uh the only thing i did care for is uh and it's it's not a, just not necessarily it, it doesn't it's not only this particular issue this story this title this 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 cover because they've done it in the past I dislike it's a beautiful looking I, I like the cover because it's just it's it's stark, it's just our the, the title characters facing off, but you got that 
ridiculous looking only in theaters black adam logo in the corner <laughs> i dislike that but other than that um obviously i know why it's there but it is it's uh no it's and it, obviously yeah it's it's ea for me no 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 duh but, all right um, so we're, we're we all agree this probably won't happen again but uh we'll be sure to tell you if it does, because like I said, I'm keeping tally. Now this may not, this isn't going to be an every episode type deal, but I I would like to do it at least once a month, maybe for one of our bonus episodes, we'll do this. Um, if you enjoyed this little game we're playing, let us know. Tell us on the uh, the Twitter or the Facebook or the all that other stuff. Or if you're a patron, we're going to find out because they're going to be uh, chiming in on the Slack for sure. So there you go. Single shuffle. First instance. Yay. Let's hope it happens again. It will. Mm-hmm. It will happen again. Speaking of, uh, of, uh, of, of resurrection... The uh, there was a very big controversial resurrection at Marvel uh, recently as well. Well, if it's big and it's controversial, I'm gonna have to guess Captain Marvel. No, but you're close. Who? And I guess I should say spoilers to people that aren't up to date on the uh, various and sundry uh, AXE event shenanigans. Oh, okay. But. Uh, I don't really think this is all that germane to anyone who's not like, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. So fast forward like two minutes if you don't want to be spoiled. But uh, in, in AXE, um, a lot of the heroes get killed, including Captain America, Steve. And uh, Nightcrawler convinces the X-Men to use their resurrection powers to bring Steve back. That's a big deal huge deal because they've only the, the whole point is that the resurrection protocols are only for mutants like they broke their own port like that was their protocol like you know, for mutants and only mutants right but see that's troubling because now that it's done once it can be done again like yeah I, it, it, i'm sure if peter parker also, died they'd it, do it it, to it him also as well. brings up the question of like does that mean that xavier has like a mind stamp for every living being because like, the other Probably. Things, you know, like they have like a tape like basically he has like everybody's he has everybody's minds on backup like that's how it works you know like so whatever happens between their last backup and when they die they don't remember but savior you know but they're they're backed up frequently so like he's backing up everybody like steve is steve's he's good to go i, I love like i don't know it's, wow not sure how i feel about it Especially, but not to mention because Steve's been counting. I mean, like, killing Steve's like a thing. Like, let's kill Steve and then bring him back, right? It's like, it's like I don't know. Like, I, I wish they just picked a different hero. Just, yeah, who wrote it? Uh, well, it's Kieran Gillen that's doing the whole thing, which I think he's a very good writer. But yeah, again, he's making a choice here. I, I don't know if I feel, how I feel about the choice. I bet you Charlie knew that Mother Love Bone was uh, Damien's grandmother. Mother sure Love Bone. Uh, your, your your boy Nightcrawler is the one that lobbied for bringing Steve. Because he's a he has a heart. That's why. That is basically his premise. Like if if Cap isn't worthy, then then no one is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I can co-sign that. But, but the I, whole premise of them is that no, humans aren't worth like they're right. not like they're right. not worthy. Right. I think so. it's. I, I don't know. I guess I'd have to think on it a little bit. But for right now, hearing it in the moment. It sounds kind of cool to me. 
I mean, it's nothing that would make me run out and buy the issue, but uh, the the uh, the eventual permutations or, or the the uh, contingencies that happen will be neat to see, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It doesn't offend me on any level is what I'm saying. No, no. It, it, I just I, I want to make sure they don't slippery slope it, though, because like the whole premise of this and why X even happened is that uh, everybody's the world has been out of shape that the X-Men are immortal because it's like they're playing God. So it's like, you know, but if they share it with everybody, then everybody's immortal. Then what? Right. So, then you have you have problems and nobody's immortal. Um, yeah. yeah. Be just be born different. That's how to fix it. Oh, well, mm -hmm. you're not, so deal mm -hmm. with it. All right. Well, it looks like we have chewed up all of our time here. Damn, dude. Yeah. This is cool. It's a nice, tight, and right episode. Remember when we used to go three hours? I remember I remember many, many years ago. Fun. Yes. So uh, if you would like... Good, <laughs> if you want to... This episode, as usual, has been brought to you by our butamous patrons. They're lovely people. And if you would like to see what all that's about, go to patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics and take a look around. Like I said, audio, video, images, downloads, polls. You can chime in on the book of the month and you can join our dedicated Slack channel and be with us every day and watch us make fools of ourselves. <laughs> well, in your travels, tis the season. It's the... Uh, the the ghoulish month of October and Halloween is right around the corner. So I'm going to try and bring the scary at least every episode until the end of the month. And I have something for fans of horror hosts. And who's not a fan of horror hosts? Line them up. Um, this is the long-running Scary Monsters, number 128. It's the horror host issue. On the cover, Joe Bob Briggs, Sven Gulli, Vampira. I mean, Elvira's on here. All of the horror hosts you care about and more are within the pages of this. But I got to keep it related to comics, right? Dap. Mm -hmm. This is Dap's going to squee. There mm -hmm. is a two-page, double-page spread devoted to comic book horror hosts. And guess who's in it? Now, we mentioned, well, we mentioned... Five of them already with the, from our talk about uh, Batman versus Robin number two. Kane, Abel, yeah. the witches, right? But within this double-page spread, you have Sabrina okay. and Vampirella and right. Mis Mr. Monster. That's what I was waiting to hear. Yes, of course Mr. Monster's in here. Uncle Creepy and Cousin Eerie. Right. And guess who else is lurking within this double-page spread? The Crypt you Well, of course. But you'll never, ever get it. And uh, when I tell Goulardi. you, Goulardi is uh, a real-life horror host. Uh, I didn't know if they... Yeah. Craig Yo. Oh, <laughs> right? Oh, that's great. It's oh, amazing. Great. Yeah, the, I wouldn't have guessed. That's great. It's it's awesome. This was uh, the the drawing is by uh, Russo, and it is just amazing. Well, Sven Gulli's in here. Yeah, they do include some that are non comics, I guess. Yeah, but it's just the the drawing is fun. 
Um, it adds to the excitement of the Halloween month and keeping it on comics. But uh, if you want to peruse the uh, issue proper, like I said, Elvira, Son of Ghouls in here, Goulardi, uh, Zachary, of course, Joe Bob Briggs, it's Son of Sven Gulli. It's just an amazing There's issue. There's a Son of Sven Gulli, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no Uncle Ted, though. I mean, he's mentioned within the issue because he was uh, voted into the Horror Hall of Fame. But there's there's little blurbs like Val- Vampire, of course, gets one, mm-hmm. and uh, Zachary and Wilkins and you know all the big big names: Goulardi, Chili Billy, uh, Count Gore Duvall's in here. So it's it's the OG horror hosts, and it's the the children of the OG horror hosts and the children of the children, you know, son of horror hosts. So there's a lot of horror hosts in here, but not Uncle Ted in picture. And Uncle Ted was my local horror host. And, uh, I mean, I grew up on him. Love him, uh, Ted. Uh, Dr. Gangreen's in here. It's a great issue. 148 or so pages for a lousy 15 bucks. I get every issue of this just because it is the last surviving um, remnant of what it was like to buy monster mags in the 70s. I love scary monsters to pieces. So if you want to see that double page spread and and jump in on all these great horror hosts, just uh, pick up a copy of Scary Monsters 128. It's the best. I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I forget if you had an answer. Did you have a preference one way or the other between House of Secrets and House of Mystery? Yes. What and why? I liked Mystery more because Kane was a badass. And while Gregory was more often... I mean, they, they cross-pollinated a lot. Sure. Kane, you know, Kane would appear in, in Secrets a lot. But um, Abel's kind of wishy-washy and, and you know... It, I just thought Kane was cooler and more vicious and fit the bill of what I think a horror host should be. There should be a mm-hmm. little little bit of danger with a horror host. Now you got Elvira who doesn't look dangerous. I mean she looks she's gorgeous, but she carries that dagger. Right? Mm-hmm. What is what is the dagger for? Well you f- fuck around and find out, right? So <laughs> um yeah, I, I think uh, a horror host should not be warm and fuzzy and lovable completely lovable i think they should have an element of of uh danger or strangeness to them like you wouldn't want to be in the same room with the crib keeper hell no right any of them um uh, any of the great ones anyway so uh yeah i always sided with uh kane that makes sense yeah but I'm a sucker for a horror host. Doesn't really matter. I watch the new dudes on YouTube and um, OSI 74. Like, I watch them all. Mr. Lobo's great. I love the horror host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. That's my new travels. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they do travels. Um, this cover isn't as uh, egregious with the Black Adam because it kind of blends in. With the background, but um, for uh, since, well, it's kind of a mashup of a couple of issues, but primarily 
uh, Superman Son of Kal-El number 16, because Kal-El returns. This is part two. Uh, the War World saga ended in a one-shot special, and then Action Comics um, 1047 um, with the really weird-looking cover uh, is... When I read 16, when I read Superman, um, I thought things didn't really mesh up too well between um, Taylor's work in the Superman book and um, Philip Kennedy Johnson in action. But rereading both one after the other, uh, the timeline does work because you do get a little one week later. I just thought that there's a scene in, in 1047 where Superman and the Steels and... Clone, Superboy, Connell, and John, and Supergirl are all at the United Nations uh, with Superman. But um, that's a cool scene, and it actually takes place after the events in the Superman book. Uh, but it does, because of the way the book's published, it does take a little bit of steam out of the events in Superman, Son of Kal-El. And that, 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 that's my new travels, because... The title of the issue is Reunion, and we kick it off with uh, with John, young John, little boy John, uh, in a fetal position in the fields, um, trying to just block out all of the sounds all around him. Um, so many voices, so many sounds, and he can't he, he can't escape them. Um, but then Dad comes flying down and says it's going to be okay. And even though John's saying that is too much, Cal says, I know, I remember. Ignore everything big in the distance, focus on something small, something close. And Cal holds his son to his chest, and John just concentrates on Dad's heartbeat. And that basically mutes out everything else in the world. John feels safe. And it's been months because Dad's been on Warworld. It's been months since he's heard his father's heartbeat. Um... And we kind of see this issue starts off with with us. Um, the, rest, the issue continues with a day in the life of Superman, um, and uh, it chats with Mom real quick, and then goes about his day. And he says he starts the same, starts the day, starts every day the same way. He chooses a direction, flies fast and far. That he looks a little farther, searching for any sign of Dad, and then he just makes his way down to earth and he uh, he starts his patrol tries to hit about three children's hospitals every day um plants some trees checks in on the people that he loves um does some rescuing there's a page that i thought was absolutely amazing because i was waiting to find out a couple issues ago john went to save somebody and, and to prevent an accident and in doing so he accidentally uh broke a bystander's arm and i was expecting if this was the 80s uh, i was expecting this this to carry out and have the guy sue john and take superman to court and luckily that didn't happen but john did go check on him and uh asked him about the arm and and the guy does not hold john at fault he's like listen you know you you saved my life and he's like yeah but i normally try to save people's lives without also injuring them but the guy's like dude it's all good we're 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 fine um, and he's like, listen, if, if there's anything I can do, and he's like, well, and, and we see him sign, uh, my man's cast and then, uh, flies back home, goes and fucks with Lex Luthor a little bit, 
which was a great scene because uh, Lex is working out, lifting up some bar, uh, lifting up the, the heavyweights, and John comes down and asks him if he needs a spotter, and uh, and Lex is like, your father at least had the decency to uh, you know judge me from my window, and and uh, he didn't um, he didn't really disrespect anybody's personal space. And John's like, yeah, well, I'm not my dad. But then we get an explosion in the distance and it's Strikers Island, which ties into the action comics from a couple of weeks ago. Um, after he takes care of business at Strikers Island, I'm not going to go into detail on that fight. He hears something and breaks the sound barrier to get out of um, the atmosphere and flies right in to dad's arms. And it was a, the, the, um, the the penultimate page of this issue is absolutely it's what we've been waiting for it's a beautiful page um he's just he's he's beyond elated that that is home um and uh and and it's just it, it, it's a great reunion it, it it's a great scene and then the last page kind of uh teases uh, a big bad to come but uh but this was this is a fantastic issue. It's it's what we've um, it's what I think a lot of Superman fans are waiting for between Cal coming back and uh, and 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 seeing the family together again. But um, the issue I realized I didn't uh, I didn't even mention anybody aside from Tom Taylor, the artist by um, she and Hermy and uh, Rowry Coleman. I butchered the hell out of that, but uh, but the art's pretty solid. Uh, colors by. Uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr. But um, in your travels, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 16. That sounded your goddamn 11 o'clock years. Something's wrong. <laughs> it's true. Goddamn book. You love that book. I do. Um, so, I, in your travels, this is a fascinating journey that uh, I have to say uh i was i was already going to take but uh but certainly a number of our uh illustrious slack patrons most notably at the uh the tip of the spear mitchell um have been talking about this book begging for us to talk about this book for some time um and uh so here's your here's here's the uh, here's that opportunity mitchell uh in your travels uh if you have not done so uh you should certainly before you have to do your 11 o'clockers balloting at the end of the year. Um, make sure you give ultrasound a read. Uh, what is ultrasound? Well, ultrasound is a beautiful, uh, nearly 400 page hardcover by Fantagraphics that uh, came out this year, written and drawn by Connor Steschult, which is S T E C H S C H U L T E. Quite a mouthful, but it's uh, Steschult, Connor Steschult. Um, uh, this book, um, you know, uh, as, as you know, Vince and I pretty much are always down to, to, to buy almost everything Fantagraphic solicits. So I bought this, uh, just on the power of the solicit figured, uh, Fanta rarely does me wrong. Um, but, uh, wow, is it, is it terrific? And where I say it's an interesting journey. So, uh, the book itself in the back cover, uh, among the indicia and endorsements, it says, in small print at the bottom now a major motion now a major motion picture directed by rob schroeder with a screenplay by connor's to shoot 
Um, I saw that and I didn't really think twice about it. Like I thought, oh, they're making a movie about it. Uh, turns out they've already made the movie. Um, Ultrasound is out, came out last year. Uh, because of COVID, it went straight to streaming. It was meant to be theatrical, but it uh, it was released and is uh, on Hulu. It's, so if you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch it. I have not watched it yet, but I plan to do so. Uh, Vincent Kartizer, uh is the star of the movie. Um, for those that don't recognize his name, he was Pete Campbell on Mad Men. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so why I bring that up is that uh, as I as I read after I read this book and was reading more about Connor's career, uh, I didn't realize how inextricably linked the film is to the finished graphic novel. Uh, number one, I thought this was an original graphic novel the Fantagraphics put out, but no, 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 this is a reprinted collection of four prior comics that Connor did. Uh, and Vince, you may know this, but. Uh, Connor produced uh, a story called Generous Bosom, um, one through four, and they were each uh, 70, 80 pages. And Ultrasound is a renamed collection of those four stories brought together. And I find that fascinating for a number of reasons. One, I, unless I missed it, I see no indication in any of Fantagraphics trade uh, descriptions on their site in the previous solicit or in the book itself does not denote that this is a reprint collection of a, of another work, which I find interesting. Um, the work generous bosom was, pr uh, produced and published by breakdown press, which is a British publisher. Uh, you can, they, they do, they still exist. Breakdownpress.com. You can go there and, and find generous bosoms one through four. Um, Generous Bosom 1 was published way back in 2016. Generous Bosom 2 was published shortly thereafter. We didn't get 3 and 4 until recently. And what's fascinating about that is uh, I found out in reading through things that Connor finished this story after he finished the screenplay for the movie. So as it happens, um, some Hollywood muckety-muck was looking for ideas and walked into a comic book store in L.A. that, that dealt with uh, small press stuff and said, you guys should check out the story Generous Bosom. And that started like a six, seven year journey where um, basically Connor hadn't finished the story yet. He didn't feel like he wanted to hand it off to other people to bastardize it and convince them to let him write the screenplay. And then he wrote the screenplay it got greenlit, and as he was finishing the screenplay, it gave him the direction to finish the comic. And so he wanted to make sure that he got um, Generous Bosom 4 released before the film was out so that it could live on as its own complete comic story. Um, so it's that's like the whole the whole history of this is, is pretty fascinating to me, especially the fact that like it is being billed now as something very different from what it originally was, which I, I, I do find that really unusual and strange. But... Um, I, I, if I'm, if you're wondering what the book is about, well, I'm being intentionally vague because it is a thriller and a mystery, and I don't know that I could get into the nitty gritty without blowing a lot of the enjoyment of the book. But the premise is essentially, um, it, it is a an erotic, self-described erotic psychological thriller, uh, centers around uh, the two characters, Glenn and Cindy. Basically, Glenn is um, 
in the opening of the book is 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 put through a very very awkward uh, encounter with Cindy and her husband Art, and ends up having sex with Cindy. And and what I may argue is the most awkward, drawn out sex scene in comics history. And uh, and and it's like it's it's weird from the start. Like the whole vibe of their their interaction is weird. This doesn't quite feel right. Feel it feels a little off. And from there, it 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 goes in a million directions. Um, Vince, if you haven't read this in any of its forms yet, you need to because this is the closest thing to a David Lynch movie I've ever read. As a comic. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's big talk. Yeah, big and talk. I'm not the only one that's made that. I mean, TCJ made the same comparison, so I'm not like I can't take credit for that comparison. Uh, like I'm not the only one to do it, but I definitely see see it. Um, but it, 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 the heart of it is essentially that uh, that it, that Connor is messing with our minds in terms of uh, the lead character's minds as well as ours in terms of uh, identity, uh, purpose, our susceptibility to uh, outside influences. Um, it, 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 it's there's a sci-fi element in that basically um, there's hypnosis and the use of the name of the book is ultrasound, the use of sound both um, both uh, audible and subliminal that affect us and can uh, affect our mind and our mood. And, um, and it, and it, it's, it's like layer upon layer. And it's one of those books where as the momentum of it picks up and you start kind of figuring out the mystery and you're piercing through the veil, you realize that the veil you pierce through is just another fake reality. And that then you have to pierce through that. And you're kind of left, I think intentionally very dizzy by the whole thing, wondering what was real, what wasn't. And I think, if I have a criticism of the book and who am I to say, I think maybe Connor, uh, perhaps because of the way, like this came out of finishing the script for the movie and all that wraps it up pretty definitively. And I think we might've been better served if he left it a bit more open-ended so that you were left completely to your own devices as to what parts of this were real versus altered reality. But either way, it's 400 pages that really have fantastic achievement in that regard. Um, it's it's a book that you you know you're not going to sit down and read this 10 minutes before you're going to discuss it. This is a this is a book that you need to take your time with. Um, you know, visually, Connor is 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 a, a, a tremendous talent in the sense that uh, the lines aren't ne- like the way he draws characters and the way he draws stuff isn't necessarily going to like you know this isn't he's not going to wow you like. You know, like uh, the all-time great draftsman might have, but but I think that the way that he plays with tones, um, the way that he plays with the weight of a panel. Sometimes the panels are just uh, very simple outlines of characters. Sometimes there's a ton of shading. Does a great job in helping you understand the shifts from different realities, uh, shifts in mood. He does a lot of overlay of those styles on top of each other to make it even more visually arresting and confusing about what's real and what's not just a, a, a real triumph. And, and like I said, I mean, I thought this was just a, like a coming out party, like, damn, like dude just produced a 400 page graphic novel. That's just incredible. Uh, and it turns out it's actually more of a 10 year life's work type of a thing that he's been producing since, uh, I believe he started the first issue of generous bosom back in 2012. So literally 10 years in the making. Um, yeah. So tremendous stuff. I mean, an absolute tour de force and uh, I'm not quite sure where this fits in categorically now, because I was all set to consider this as my uh, OGN favorite OGN, but um, but now I'm thinking I could use it as a favorite reprint because I think that's fair game, right? If it's reprinting for mini comics, right? That's fair game. Absolutely uh, fair game. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
ultrasound by fantagraphics it's uh, it is incredible particularly if you like uh, trippy lynchian stuff sounds great it, it really is it's really good and i know that mitchell and pete and john pasalacqua will uh, hopefully be happy that we finally mentioned it because they've been they've been lobbying for it as a book of the month for uh, a number of months it's not going to be a book of the month i don't think but at least not anytime soon why not well, I'm just saying I don't like I, I'm not saying I can't we can't promise that, but I wanted to make sure that I did acknowledge that I read it and it was incredible. OK, this, speaking of, we will have the uh, book of the month announced very soon. We're going to discuss it uh, over the next couple of days. Yep. And we have extra episodes to produce. So uh, be on the lookout. You never know when one's going to fall on you. Yeah. And, and to that end, um, I know that. Uh, we tasked the patrons with choosing the long overdue. Um, you know, they get to pick a thematic episode for us each quarter. And uh, and and uh, and Austin, Austin is Ellis was that, right? kind enough to create a, a Google sheet to collate everybody's suggestions, and then he was going to kind of act as the uh, the, uh, the 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 lead juror and let us know their choice. But then uh, Mother Nature had to Ian. around and fuck, fuck around, and Hurricane Ian had to drop up on uh, many of our friends in Florida, including Austin and his family. They're fine, but but uh, so I know that 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 understandably um, paused for the cause that 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 process. But I believe we're we we should hear we should hear their choice any 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 day. I think, and, and once we do, uh, we will uh, we will that will probably that will likely be one of this month's bonus apps. Yep. Presuming it's not a topic that requires us to do a ton of research. Oh, I didn't know there was. Now you're trying to wiggle out of it. No, no, no I'm saying be this I, month. I was, It'll be I, one I was of the six for next month. I, I want to hear a caveat out there that, it, that if the if the subject ends up being like you know uh, love and rockets, kind of, all of it. <laughs> yeah, or something that would require us to like you know really research or take our time. You know. Right. I get it. I get. It. I just give it to you the. Mm-hmm. It's the business. The business. In a couple of months, I'm going to be a Love and Rockets expert when this when this collection hit get, arrives. This this twelve volume hardcover collection. I'm stunned. I would love to see it happen. I told you that I bought it. Oh, I know you did, but I, you buying and you reading are two. Now it's going to be my 2023 thing that I read. That you know, like each year, like I you know I had the. So that's Sandman was this year's. It's that's going to be my thing in 2023. Oh, so you're going to do a little write up on the the patron. Yep. Oh, nice. A little Love and Rockets journey. Yep. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Always give them back. You're selfless. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us once again. We do hope that you will return next week or sooner for another uh, little shindig. Uh, please check us out on the Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics. Go buy some comics. Love you, the people you love. Uh, I'm so stupid, I forgot to pick up the new Reckless book. It came out today, didn't it? Did it? I don't. I'm pretty sure it came out today. Oh, well, it's on the Mm -hmm. list. Um, And in the meantime, say goodnight. A little popcorn for you. My goochness. David. Say goodnight, David. Well, it did come out. Uh, Follow me down came out today. Shit. Right?
Well, damn. I I mean, it'll be in my next box. I did not realize that. I got a DCBS box today, but it, it wasn't for this week's shipment. That was David. Week, so. <laughs> yeah. He says, David. <laughs> Yo, you got to give these dudes credit, man. They're they're putting these out on the regular. Dude, yeah. That, I mean, April it's... 21, October 21, April 22, October 22. Well, if somebody's throwing wads of cash at you to keep making good good comics i believe it's the last one right no don't say that no it's not well at least they i think it's the last one that we know for sure right yeah because i mean we're getting we're we're, we're like what the late late 80s early 90s now at this point i think but it is yeah it's it's um i'm pretty sure we're we're nearing although i i mean well yeah like jason said it may be the the last one of this batch is not to say that uh ed and 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 Sean won't go back to Ethan and and any anytime soon. But um, well, look, I mean, like, we could know the answer. We just haven't read the book yet. But but so, some people may be listening to this already knowing the answer because generally they give you a teaser image and title for the next one at the end of the that current. That is true. One. So we'll see if there's a teaser for Volume Six or not. I'll find out when I get my box. All right, everybody. You know we're gonna go deep on that. Hell yeah! Yes, sir. We're out of here and tell them how much you love them in explicit detail. Oh, lot, lot. Well, More yeah, than, than the English language allows me to properly convey. Bye. <laughs> That's it for that one.